Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley back again for our first TLT post-lockdown COVID-19 pandemic. Round three is finally here. I've been going absolutely nuts the last couple of months. It's going to be nine weeks without football by the time we get to a kickoff, which is extraordinary. Uh, But we had Wilfred the Catfish on last week, so I thought for the TLT podcast for round three resuming, we'd have to get Billy back on. So welcome back aboard, Billy. Good to have you for... The resumption of the NRL. Yeah, mate. Stick with your strengths. Don't worry about catfish, buddy. He's got his own. He's got his own gig. <laughs> well, you're gonna to have to pull out a championship pretty soon, mate. Otherwise, you know, he's he's gonna keep talking. Oh, please! I've beaten him more times. He's beaten me just because he came first once. What do freaking do? <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, guys, uh, like I said on on Twitter and Facebook, we're going to be doing TLT from round three, obviously. So, me and Billy are going to go through all the teams uh, and going to have a look at the ins and outs, as well as some of the buys and some of the surprises that TLT round three has thrown up for us. And then after that, and we review all the games, we're going to go through. Uh, our first mailbag for 2020, which is listener questions that you guys have asked that we're going to work through, me and Billy, and try and give you some sage advice. Hopefully it works out for everyone. Let's leave that leave that until the end. We're going to go for Broncos versus Eels first and get ripped straight into TLT because I'm very excited, Billy, but I'm probably not as excited about, about this as what you are. So Eels first came back after nine weeks. You must be just pumped. Uh, pretty keen for a game. Also, the, the Eels boat saw what happened last time, so pretty keen for another game. But um, obviously, where being in Brisbane, mate, it's not going to be a walkover. But uh, yeah, just keen to have some footy on, mate. Straight up with the blue and gold. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be a cracker straight up. As far as team changes go, Broncos first up. The big news is that Matt Lodge is in Jersey twenty one. We know that he's coming into the seventeen. That's already been. Uh, told through several sources. Peter Vidal, I think, broke it today. Potentially it was him um, saying that he was going to come onto the bench. That does mean that Flegler is starting, and apparently he's going to remain starting. But what that does to his minutes is anyone's guess. Jamil Hopalati uh, has been named to start still in the second row. That's the other big story for the Broncos. And Alex Glenn returns, just going straight into David Fafita's spot. So I guess... Those are the main things um, to take away from this one, Billy. The big question mark that I have, and really interested in your input on this one, because I know that you're a Tom Flegler fan and you, you've got him in your side. I've got real big question marks over the minutes rotation. Um, they have named an outside back in Herbie Farnworth on the bench, which means that they're not going with a bench um, hooker at the moment. They've got no bench hooker in their extended squad either. So a forward could come in for Herbie's spot, though. If Matt Lodge goes in for it, it's going to be a four-forward bench, although it's tipped that he's going to come in for for Ethan Bullimore. Now, if that is a four-forward bench, it's going to be even worse for the forward rotation. But with guys like Alex Glenn back in the side, just replacing David Fafida, Payne Huss, Lodge... And also Paddy Carrigan are three middles that, that really require pretty heavy minutes. Uh, I've still got pretty big question marks on Flegler, even with the Broncos slightly under strength. Yeah, yeah, same, mate. Um, I don't actually own him. Um, he's one of the guys that um, you'd like to have in your team, but you can't sort of have him unless he's got minutes. So um, I just took a punt that he wasn't going to be starting for that for that long. But yeah, if you got him, got him to start with, good. This week, uh, I'd be, I wouldn't be getting him in this week purely because of... Um, but like, like you said, you don't know the makeup of that bench. It's going to be big and strong. You've got um, 
uh, Lodge coming back. Don't know whether he's going to start. Even if he does start, you really want to place it at 50 minutes, and I'm just not confident he's going to get that. So, yeah, given all the other options around, I'm just going to uh, lay him. I'm not going to bother getting him. But um, if you've got him, you'd be sort of holding on and praying he's going to get the next couple of rounds in. Yeah, he's a minus 34 BE. So if you do have him, um, and I should put that caveat in with both of us quite down on Flegler. If you do have Flegler, you'd be over the moon because he is starting. He's probably going to pick up an extra 10 minutes on what he'd normally get because Lodgy's going to be working his fitness back in. So if you've got him, it's great. Minus 34 BE, happy days. If you don't have him, you're not going to, I really wouldn't recommend spending 300k to get him in when there's some other cheapies that we're going to talk about a little bit later on in some of the other games that are a lot cheaper to get in than Thomas Flegler, and they've got a lot better role, and you're just going to have to put in far less money to get him into your side. So Flegler looks like um, an initial winner if you own him, but a bit of a loser as far as if you're looking at bringing him in. I think that you could be looking at some other guys. Um, I saw Payne Haas as a, as a winner still. So, Billy, I think that your your stats from last year, we you spoke about it at length many times, and you're on the money many times where... The Eels, for whatever reason, for multiple years, are really susceptible to, to middles um, and uh, middle scoring tries against them more specifically. Potentially front rowers even more so than Locks. And obviously Payne Haas is a front rower uh, and Lodge is going to be working his way up to minutes, so he's not going to be full strength. The same might be said for Alex Glenn as well. So the other thing that stuck out for me, especially if Herbie Farnworth stays on the bench, is that Payne Haas could potentially have a field day this game as well. Yeah, um, uh, I wanted to give um, a left field sort of captaincy option in our Valentine Holmes, but um, Catfish talking around um, with the big fella just saying, look, when you've got a position, just stick with rank and go with the pack. And like, like you said, always keen on middles against, middles against the yields. And like you just said, mate, if um, Lodge is coming back from injury, he's not going to get massive minutes. So you've got to bank on him at least to get in 65 minutes still. So, yeah, you're just going to roll with him, mate. Yep. Now, the other cheapie aside from Flegler, or the other cash cow aside from Flegler, I should say, is Jamil's half the price of someone like Flegler. A minus 12 BE, so not as appealing. I did not expect him to be starting. Um, and now that he is, he looks like uh, an interesting option. Obviously, TPJ is to come back, so that's a given. David Fafita is not going to be back for what we're looking at five to six weeks now, so he's going to be gone for a fair while. Do you think Coppolati is going to be a worthwhile trade-in, uh, or would you rather look at some of the other guys in the other games? No, I'd rather go elsewhere. I, I've been tossing and turning over this all afternoon, but I would even still go um, Katawa for the Warriors, given how depleted they are and the fact that he scored you know, um, uh, 40 points in base uh, in 51 minutes coming off the bench. So a guy like that can do that off the bench at base price. And, he, uh, and, he's, and he's got high wraps on him. I'd much rather take someone like him over a guy a little bit more expensive with um, less job security and more than likely going to go back to the bench himself. Good as well. And look, it can't be understated that Joe O hasn't, hasn't played a game yet this season because he was suspended and this is his first game back and he's named on the bench. Now, whilst, you know... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Joe O is not, not going to play on, on an edge... But, you know, Pat Carrigan's played on an edge before. He's more of a 13, but Carrigan could very easily push into the edge and, and have um, Joe O start if they wanted more size or experience or Jamil doesn't set the world on fire. So he doesn't have 100% job security, and he he was okay in the first couple of games, but, you know, he's still a young kid, obviously, and trying to earn his stripes. 
the other guy, a couple of guys are backs that I wanted to quickly mention, and these aren't changes for the Broncos, but Jermaine Asako and in particular Katoni Staggs have been very popular trading targets for the backs, and for good reason. Uh, Katoni Staggs has got the better break even, and oh, sorry. Jermaine Asako is at minus 15, I should say. He's still a negative, uh, but Staggs is minus 34. Staggs has been trading in like crazy, Billy. You know, he's getting traded in more and more every day. 12.2% are trading him in at the moment. He's the most traded in player of the round, and 12.2% is a large amount of teams. He's already in 29% of teams. I said last week to Catfish, he's probably going to eclipse 40% by the time the round kicks off. That looks like the case. Um, I was a little bit controversial last week and said that I'm actually not going to get on him. Um, I can see him putting up some lower numbers, and I think it's a prime opportunity, like I said last week on the podcast, to uh, do a bit of a zag and not get a volatile center wing in that 40% of coaches are going to be on. So I'm still going to be on Masters, uh, and I still actually think that that's a pretty good way to catch up on some of these Katoni Stags owners. Even against your Parramatta Eels, who, you know, I'm hoping <laughs> lock him up, but what do you reckon? Are you a bit scared of Katoni Staggs coming off that 123-point outing last game? No, because I own him. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm bringing him in, mate. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm shit scared of not owning him. He's, um, I made a decision at the beginning of the year. It was going to be him or um, Azarko. I ended up going Azarko, goal-kicking, full-back. A bit, bit more value there. But um, he averaged, um, I can't remember the round, but he averaged 72 from either round 19 or round 15 for, for the rest of the year. And, and Clutch would be able to hit. It's lucky to kick, kick in from second gear to fourth gear. He does have a, a couple of lower scores in him, but he, like a, he's, a, he's always going to have some low scores. But they're not 15s or 20s, they're 40s. So um, given that he, he, he has that strike power ability and that massive break in, like, and you know, a lot of good games at home, I'm banking on the sort of top four. Um, so three quarter by the end of the year. So at, at his price and, and break even, um, I, I just want to get him straight in, mate. I wouldn't be mucking around with him. I think he's one of the players you just need to sort of stick with the stick with the pack on. All right, fair enough. I'm going to go Masters. So in the coming weeks, one of us is going to be ribbing the other. So we'll wait and see. Aside from the Broncos, mate, let's talk about your eels because I know that you're chomping at the bit to do that. Pretty boring side, like always. No changes really. Nathan Brown's obviously out. Nakore is the starter in the Jersey 13. Now, he's not going to really be an option in the mid-400s price range, so it does no one any favours. Reid Marnie's back at the number nine jersey. We've got Brad Takarangi retaining that sort of uh, utility role off the bench. He didn't play very many minutes at all, barely got on the field when he did that round two, so we can kind of expect more of a three-forward rotation, I reckon. In saying that, it's pretty boring as far as unexpected options. When we're looking at guys that are going to fire, though, you mentioned uh, the last outing with the Broncos versus Eels. Eels had a field day winning by, what, 44 points or something ridiculous. They put a lot on them. I'm salivating at the, the Eels that I'm owning. I feel like that I'm an Eels supporter at the moment, Billy. I've got Mike Acevo in my side. I've got Mitchell Moses in my side. And I've got Ryan Madison in my side. And I really feel like all three of those guys are going to fire this week against the Broncos. I'd be more happy if they were playing in um, to back that statement. Um, pretty keen on, on the matchup. But uh, I think uh, they've only beaten Brisbane once in my recent memory in the last 10 or 15 years in Brisbane, maybe twice. I'd have to go and have a look at their stats, but I just don't remember remember them ever winning up here. But you haven't been good for 10 years, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, agree with that. Um, look, put it this way, it's, the Eels have a, a mass, Eels have a massive pack. They're, they're, they're looking better than they have in sort of 10 years. 
been saying that for 10 years, but it's sort of dry track up here too. Everyone's going to be healthy. The only thing I'm going to add is like that stat that um, we like we always roll out that, you know, um, middle school well against the Eels, edgy school well against the Broncos. So I'll be really backing um, Ryan Madison for scoring here. Yeah, I traded Ryan Madison in this week. And to be perfectly honest, I'm, like, I'm so... I'm so happy with that trade-in. Like, I really wanted to strengthen my pack, put Madison in, and I was just really happy with how it looked. I feel really confident in him this week. And when I had a look at the ownership, he's up to 18, he's up to 18% owned now. But, you know, for a gun like Madison, I feel like that's a bit of a cut-price ownership as well. Yeah, the other thing I just thought of, too, he's, um, you mentioned Hopalato. He, he plays that left side, so he'll be running at the um, inexperienced Hopalato, Milford, and um, Boyd. I'd be, yeah, I'd be pretty keen to run at that, run at that gap. Running at Darius and Milford, mate. I tell you what, <laughs> you might—he probably can't go big enough to throw the VC on. But if it was later in the round, I, I'd be looking at the C on him. Um, as it stands, I'm actually going to be putting the VC on on Moses. I think this game. Yeah, probably a good option, especially with um, Ford out there. Really, I, I can't feel like me bring Moses in, especially with a draw and them playing up here um, and going a different route. I'm not just going to mid range sort of guys in the middle until I can buy Cleary back in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I think Moses VC is probably a good shout this week. And if you don't own Madison, um, just another safety factor there. I think we called, I called this out earlier in the season. Madison didn't score less than 50 once all season with the Tigers. So if you're worried, if you're concerned about, about um, paying a, a price for him, um, you know, there's massively high, massively high floor there. So don't be, don't be too concerned about him. Worst case scenario is you're going to get what you pay for. So they're thinking about getting him in for this matchup. Um, he's not the worst. Yeah, I'm huge on him. If you're getting a gun in, aside from Tom Alolo, I think Madison should be your second trade in this round. And I'm surprised that more people aren't looking at him. The Broncos' edge is very brutal. It, it's going to be a dream matchup for him. I, I really expect him to go well. Round two, he scored 86 points. Round one, he scored 62 points. He, he looks right on the money to be one of the top back row forwards. Um, so I'm huge on him. I think this is a great game to get him in. Aside from that, mate, other option that I looked at that I would normally want to look at for VC or captaincy would be Payne Haas. But I guess the argument could be made that you could, you know, be getting the jump on other guys by just putting the C straight on him. You know, a lot of people aren't going to do that because they're going to want to use their VC. So maybe it's a bit of a pot option just to use the opportunity that they're playing first and not many people being on Haas as, as a C to look at him as an option. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Not, not because of... Uh... Uh, the opportunity, just because I haven't got enoughies to use as a, as a loop anyway, so I just kind of figured go the biggest best forward straight away. Um, the only other caveat there is you've got uh, Tom Alolo who could crash over for three or four, but um, playing the Titans maybe he gets rested too. Who, who knows what's going to happen there? So two really good two really good C options him and us. And you said that you're wary about the stats. What's your prediction on this game, mate? Who's going to win and what's your score? Uh, I reckon it'll be sort of a 28-24 type scoreline. Um, I'll go to the Eels only because they're, if, I, if I don't, they'll disown me and I'll disown them. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that the Eels will definitely put on some good points. I'm going to go for a, a 32-14 win to the Eels. I think that they're really going to turn up and fire against the Broncos. My um, my big call for this one is that Sebo's going to get a double. I hope so, mate. I hope it's a treble. But Without any line breaks because I don't because I don't own him. <laughs> you want you want him to score like a thirty six with two tries? <laughs> yes, mate, hundred percent. Fifty one, that'll do. Oh, that's a bit unfair. I've got higher expectations. Come on, I'm hoping for you know three hundred points between Madison, Sebo, and um, 
Who's my other guy? Who's my other gun? Oh, that's right, Mitchell Moses with the VC. Mate, yeah, I, I don't think it's a great matchup against the Broncos. Mate, I'll take I'll take three tries from Sivo, zero hit ups, four errors, and uh, then the uh, penalty send off and taken off his shirt after the travel. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the next game. Um, we've got the Cowboys versus Titans. Not exactly a blockbuster, but second game in Queensland in a row for the Cowboys side. Uh, we've got Jake Clifford replacing Michael Morgan, which was expected. A little bit less expected. Mitchell Dunn starting because Gavin Cooper's got a calf injury, which I wasn't aware of. Um, other than that, all pretty much as expected. I guess for this side, uh, you know, you've already mentioned Valentine Holmes. Uh, you've already got him in. Let's talk about him first. A lot of people are asking questions about Holmes, and quite a few people have got the same thought as you, Billy, on, on going from Ponga on to Holmes. Did you do that because you think he's goal kicking, and you know, are you still just as confident making that move? Pre-season, I wasn't interested in him at all. Never was once in any of my drafts. I thought he might have had the Jared Haynes syndrome coming back uh, from the US. You don't know what's going to happen. But the only reason I've got him is because of uh, number one, Pong is out, so I'm not going to let that money sit on the bench for a week. I'm just going to use the use the trades and burn them. Can't trade the t- Teddy. Can't trade the Turbo because of their massive break even. So just might have wait till the price drops. And when the draw came out with him versus the Titans and the fact that he's scored 60-odd with a try assist each game and kicking goals, I just kind of figured, you know what, um, that combined with the actual soft draw, I just, just seems like a no-brainer, like a free, um, free throw at the jump free throw at the stump for me. Yeah, it's fair enough. Like, I understand. I was a lot more down on that move when we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I didn't blame you for doing it, but I wasn't a fan of it myself. Since the subsequent draws come out, it, it's changed things quite a bit because obviously Newcastle have got a far tougher draw than what we knew about. Um, and subsequently the Cowboys, when you have a look at it, uh, you know, they've got the Gold Coast Titans, then Cronulla, then New Zealand, and then the West Tigers. And even after that, they hit Newcastle and then Para, who can let in points despite being, you know, a pretty good side. But their next month of football is pretty outstanding. So, you know, that's that's turning it around as far as it being a decent option, I think, for Holmes. Uh, I completely understand you going there. Yeah, I know. And the other thing to remember is, too, I know it's easy to say, oh, but it was 18 months ago. 18 months ago, the bloke averaged 95 after Origin 1 for the, for the last two-thirds of the season prior to him actually going to the U.S. So for anyone saying, oh, but, you know, you've got to get Teddy's the best, well, mate, Hungers was actually averaging 10 points a game more than him. He's got that soft draw with the low break even. So I know it was 18 months ago, but I'm more than happy to sort of take a punt and just see what happens, that's all. Yeah, I guess the counter-argument to that um, is the argument that I was making pre-season, and that was if you look at the bigger sample size of what Holmes did before he played fullback that year. He was a 50s player playing fullback, and he's done that more than what he was, you know, averaging 90. But what I will say in your favour, to agree with you just a little bit, is um, I still think that Holmes is rusty. I still think that Holmes isn't going to be at his best, and I still question whether he will ever put together a full season or more of that form that he had for that dozen-odd game, scoring 90 points. But he doesn't need to be at his best, and he doesn't need to be firing to score really well for Supercoach against that month-long draw. He can he can fall over 80 points just turning up against the Gold Coast this week if he's just there. 
Yep, and that's the point. No, no, no argument. Teddy's the Teddy's the best best um, fullback in the comp, mate. Not arguing that. Just it's just pure draw, price, opportunity. See what happens for a couple of weeks, and then flick the switch back to Teddy. That's all. Yep, um, completely get it. I'm not going to do it myself, and I'll finish off on this point before we move on to my next new favourite player of the year. But one important thing, guys, is plan ahead with what trades you know that you're going to have to make. So. If you know that Teddy's break-even in three weeks is going to end up being low and you sort of think in three weeks' time he's going to be the juiciest price, you need to make sure that you can actually trade him in and you need to be able to sort of plan around that. I know that, you know, a lot of us are jumping in on cash cows and stuff. Uh, Emre Gula is a good example. We'll obviously get to him at the Canberra game, but in two weeks he's going to peak in cash. So you've got to trade him out. So that's one trade that you have to make because you can't afford to lose money on that trade because you'll lose money very quickly. So plan ahead for your trades. Um, it's no good getting a Valentine Holmes in if in you know a, a few weeks when you want to trade him out, you've got other trades planned that you can't put off because then you're stuck with a guy and you miss out on Teddy and Teddy goes back up again or however you want to work it. So just plan ahead. I'm not getting Holmes partially for that reason because uh, I want to get Teddy in pretty quickly, but I can see the appeal. Billy, the favourite player that I was going to mention that's my new number one guy for the year at the moment, flavour of the month, is Asan Masters. Uh, he's the guy that I'm grabbing instead of Katoni Staggs. Um, he started off the season really well in rounds one and two. Me and Catfish went over the numbers last week, so I'm not going to go through it too much again, but pretty much he had double figures offloads, double figures tackle breaks in his first couple games, and he didn't score a try. Only clutch attack he had was uh, you know, one line break assist. He still managed to go 47 points and 77 points, a lot of that base-base attack. I'm... Completely all, all aboard for him. He's only in 10% of teams. He's probably not going to go up too much as opposed to Stags. He might be in 40% of teams. 480,000 isn't going to break the bank either. Playing the Titans this week, I, I could not love that trade in enough. Yeah, same, mate. Agree. He was my third pick this week. <laughs> he's surely got to find some attack eventually as well. Like If he's ever going to get a try or a line break, it's probably going to be this week too. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, you can probably, if, if there's other other things that you need to get, like um, if you want to get all those blokes with the massive negative break-evens, you could sort of pass on them this week and still get him sort of next week. Not uh, not too much more expensive, but you, you're running the risk of him sort of actually doing something most of the Titans and missing out on that big score. So, although, like you said, he's not a... Uh, not massively owned, but that's probably going to shift um, to the after sort of Thursday night. Eh? Yeah, I think it'll shift a bit more. I think he'll he'll be one of those guys that kind of gains momentum for a couple of weeks. Um, I wish he had a lower break even because then he could be one of those guys in a couple of weeks that people can't afford to get or don't want to spend that money on. Uh, it's unfortunate that his break even's not that low uh, because people are still going to have an opportunity to slowly jump on the next couple of weeks. Three cashies to quickly mention, mate. Ben Hampton, Cohen Hess, and Scott Drinkwater. I went through the numbers last week. I'm not going to go through the numbers again, but all three of those guys uh, are starting where we expect them to, and all three of them look like pretty decent shouts, particularly Ben Hampton and Scott Drinkwater. I'm massive on Scott Drinkwater. I think he's a great trade-in. He's probably my number one of the three to get in this week. Yeah, um, Hampton's purely because of the break-even and the draw. He's one of those guys you could never start um, apart from this week. Um, I'm starting this week. I just don't want to miss out on him potentially going to have that line um, once. Same with Drinkwater. He's got some really good sort of consistent tries to stats. He doesn't go go massive, um, but he's got some consistency there. The fact that Morgan Morgan's out obviously means he's going to get some more ball and that draw. I think he's a good filler for someone like Cleary if you're willing to sort of go down to, to someone like him as opposed to a swap, straight swapping for, for Moses. He's a decent option. Um, Hess, I'm not sold on at all. Um, I just 
I just don't see him really sort of doing much without sort of JT. He always ran off that short ball for JT. The fact that he's playing 80, 80 minutes again um, is obviously massive for him. Is going to help him. He's not for me, but do you have any data around you know, his base and what he's been doing lately? Yeah, his base isn't good. He's, he's basically going to be a low 40s base. He's probably he's about around a 42 base at the moment on his first couple of games, and he's never been a big base guy, so we're probably going to expect that. I mean, I guess the comparison that I gave earlier on Twitter is somebody said to me that they were looking at Jaden Sewer and wanted some different options around that price point. I sort of said, well, Hess has got more upside for the similar price. I'd rather Hess um, for 40k more or whatever it is, only because Hess can get across the line and get some points, and the Titans' edges are, are always brittle, so he's just as likely to score this week again. Certainly going to be a pod, probably the, a decent price draw. You're only sort of positives there. If anything, he's probably a lift and shift for three or four weeks. Um, but yeah, I. Um, yep. What was I going to say? I, I, Morgan's out too, and Morgan plays that right side. So what, I did, you'd have to bank it on the, uh, the young kids giving him something close to that line. Yeah, and look, that's the thing. Clifford's quite a good um, playmaking half. Like he'll he'll sort of organise the team and set the team up. So you know, I think he's going to be pretty good at just shuffling the ball. He's not going to run a hell of a lot. So I, I think that kind of works. But it's not it's not a long term thing, and it's not a, a great buy. Um, I'd certainly put him behind Drinkwater as a buy for this game. Hundred percent. But he, he could very well score a try. If you own zero. Cowboys, he would be the fifth person buying this week behind uh, probably um, drink water, left edge, fullback, Lolo. There's just so many good options in that team. Masters. Well, Tom Lolo's the last guy we'll touch on. Um, he's going to be my captain for this round. So I'll vice-captain Moses and I'll captain Lolo. I just I just can't see him not getting a line break, a heap of TBs and possibly a try. I just he's he surely going to be one of the more popular choices this week, running in that Gold Coast Titans side. Second choice captain for me. Um, you can't pick two. <laughs> <laughs> you want the two C's instead of a VCC? That that would be chaos. Now the Titans side has a lot of changes, which is one of the positives to stack up on the Cowboys for this week if you're going to buy any of them. So many guys that have been left out: Bryce Cartwright's in jersey 18, Mitch Raines in jersey 19, Brian Kelly's in jersey 20. Even Jonas Pearson in Jersey 21 are all guys that, that could normally push for a starting spot or were starting before. So it does put the question down, and I'll mention this with this Titans side, there's a lot of sides who have named guys up to Jersey 21 that may very well come in. So when you're doing your trades, guys, make sure that you wait until the game if you can, because you might find that you're putting someone in that's a borderline you know, cash guy that you think you're going to make some money out of that ends up getting dropped out late um, before the game. That could happen here because we've got Tyrone Roberts playing fullback for a start. Ash Taylor and Jamal Fogarty is the number seven. Um, so interesting spots. Keegan Hipgrave has Bryce Cartwright's edge role. Uh, and now Hipgrave hasn't been great either, so he could very well drop to the bench. And you've got Aaron Clark debuting for the Titans as well in Jersey 14. So who knows what's going to happen with all these guys. Legitimately, all those guys in those 21 jerseys could be in the starting 13 just about with the way the Titans are. Uh, I, I don't know whether to make, how to make heads or tails of the side. I just know that they're going to lose against the Cowboys, and I want to stack up on Cowboys. And Jai Arrow is probably the only remotely interesting guy in the, the Titans side, and I'm still not going to buy him. Yeah, agree with that, mate. Um, uh, Arrow, you can sort of wait, wait on. Um, like you mentioned the other day, injury affected the game, then move to the edge. So don't be thrown off by his stats. Not, not the injury affected the game, the one where he moved to the edge. He was on 40 or 40, 42 at half time before he actually moved to the edge. And so take that into account with the flu game. Yep. Yeah, he's, 
His, his minutes are a big watch. He'll be right for the picking at some point pretty soon. A definite watch. Um, Billy, I'm going to go the Cowboys. Even without Morgan, I think that they're going to score. For, I reckon they're going to put on 30 points, and I think that the Titans are going to struggle for cohesion. So I think it's going to be another 30-10 to 10 score line. Pretty close to game one. That's why I'm probably going to lean towards Haas for the captain. I don't want to bank on you know, all my outside back, full-back winger. Um, and, a, and a half having having a field day and then having to rely on uh, Lola and getting getting big minutes. I agree with you. I'm not going to capture Lola for that reason. No, that's fair enough. I didn't really think of that. Um, big balls calls for this game. My big call is going to be uh, Scott Drinkwater to score 90 points, Lolo to score 100. I'm big. Uh, if I was going to bank a point score in that game, I'd be going um, Holmes for the ton. Holmes for the ton. There we go. Uh, Roosters Rabbits is the next game, the one that I've been salivating over. Now, Boyd Corden is back for the Roosters, uh, but Mitch Orbison is out. His father, unfortunately, passed away, so best wishes for Mitch and the family and condolences, hopefully. Um, he's back for the following week, but in his absence, Angus Crichton is going to be starting on that right edge. Josh Morris making his debut with Ikevalu, obviously gone. The big news for this one is Takiaho is um, in Jersey 18, and I mentioned with that Titans side that a few of these teams have got a lot of guys that could come in from Jersey 18 to 21. It looks like the Roosters have done the same thing. It looks like they haven't named a legitimate side. They've named probably a come legitimate in. side for 20 years. <laughs> Mate, look at this. You start, you're sitting on top of the table for a few months after two games, and you think you can start talking and taking cheap shots. No, I just got... These Eels supporters. I just got through my first beer, mate. The uh, confidence is coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a couple of annoying things with this Roosters side for me, Billy. One is Takiyahu is apparently carrying a small injury, but I, I expect him to play. Um, but because Mitch Orbison's out, it means that we won't really get to see what the pecking order is for Crichton. Um, we're not going to know until next week whether he's on the bench or a starter, um, and that's a little bit annoying. Yeah, all the other big guns are there at least, and we got um, Teddy ready to fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, mate, I can't, I can't actually believe Tico's on, on the bench. I've been scratching my head about that all afternoon. Teddy's going to make a turnaround pretty soon. I just can't see him breaking his break even. Yeah, I, I actually think that... I think that he'll go pretty close to it this week. I'm not just saying this because I'm a Roosters supporter, but I think the Rabbits have um, not had the best preparation. They've obviously got Cody Walker out um, and Latrell Mitchell's at one, and he's going to get peppered a hell of a lot. And the forward pack for the Rabbits in those first two rounds it got it got pretty dominated. So I think that they might really struggle with this Roosters side, uh, and I'm expecting to win by a reasonable margin. So for the Roosters, I actually think Teddy could get, do really well um, and score 100 points potentially mate, against the Rabbits. Mate, a few people have been saying they reckon this, um, this new um, six-again rule sort of advantage uh, Cook. But flip it around a little bit, do you see that advantaging Teddy at all? Like with a few more quick plays, quick, quick plays of the ball, a few extra tackles rolling up the field, you know, um, a team like yours, um, a bit more attacking opportunity for him closer to the line, given the extra sort of... Uh, 20, 20, 30 metres from repeat set. Oh, 100%, mate. I think it's a fantastic point you bring up because one of the pet plays of both Teddy and the Roosters is for Teddy to come back on an inside ball through the middle of the ruck and target the, the behind those markers. And he makes so many line breaks doing that. It's he's, he scored a lot of tries doing that. He's made a heap of line breaks doing that. And Jake Friend executes it perfectly as well. So I, I, I think it's 100% going to open up for him even more to come back through that ruck and just steam through the holes. Uh, the other thing, too, with Teddy is he's probably one of 
one of the things that I really like about him is that he really plays football. And, you know, obviously all these guys are football players, but Joey Johns will talk about a lot about a lot of players not playing football anymore. Teddy will look up and he will find weaknesses in the opposition and he'll go for them straight away. And he's got the authority in that rooster side now to get the ball when he wants it. And so I expect him just to grab a heap of opportunities closer to the line and to put on some plays as well because of the new rule. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm scared not only. <laughs> Well, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't hit a double ton within a couple of weeks, and he's uh, still affordable at eight hundred grand. Hey, oh, look, that's one of the reasons why I said I wasn't going for Holmes because I want TD in a couple of weeks' time, and I need to get that done pretty quickly. So I, I'm big on him for this game. Um, I think that 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 back line with Troy Dargan at six um, and Campbell Graham in the centres, I don't think it's as strong as it can be for the for the Rabbits, and those are the main changes. Uh, when you look at that forward pack as well, Totola. Tom Burgess, they're big boys. They do struggle laterally sometimes. Sewer has some massive defensive issues sometimes on that edge. And Liam Knight in the middle as well could be targeted a bit as well. So uh, Teddy could open up that forward pack if he's running through the middle. I, I really like him. I, I think that um, a lot. there's been some questions about whether you can get Teddy in now as a bit of a you know pod play because people are sort of jumping off for the break even or not going near him for a couple of weeks. I actually don't mind that, Billy. What, what's your take on that? If somebody sort of wants to do a different sort of move and just say, you know what, I'm just going to get one of the best fullbacks in the game in straight away. Oh, points are 100% more important than cash right now. Um, actually, no, that's not true. They're both really important. But if you can balance, if you're going to take a sacrifice on one, I'll tell you what, you're not the worst person to do it with. Um, would, would you? Do you think you'd need a captain straight up to get that value back or at least use the VC? I think a VC is a good option. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't captain him straight up because I think it's hard... With the you know nine week layoff to captain back straight up, I think that it's going to be hard to do this round until we sort of see the lay of the land. Yeah, Teddy, it's a new start of the season too, and, and the last I think three years Teddy started really slow with a couple of really low scores before he sort of hit the stratosphere. I think he started with a thirty, then hit a hundred, started with thirty, then a forty, then hit a hundred. So they've had a seven week layoff, so maybe this is a new start. Does he start slow? Who knows. Um, I'm kind of hoping he does, so he drops sort of 70, 80 grand pretty quick, and he's, a, he's an easier pick up. But yeah, and I mean the Roosters draw it needs to be said. Got a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I, I think Souths are a bit of an easier game, uh, and I don't mean any disrespect to Rabbit supporters, but like I said, they've got multiple people out. Cody Walker and James Roberts are the two big changes. They're both going to be big losses. Brisbane are the following week, uh, and I, I see the Roosters being able to put on points against Brisbane. Then they've got the Bulldogs, then they've got Para, then they've got Saints, then they hit Melbourne, um, North Queensland and Canberra, so some harder games in there. So, I mean, that's one of the things too, Billy, when I was looking at it. I want I want Teddy in for the next month or so of football before he hits Melbourne. I don't want to be having to trade him in against Melbourne sort of thing. But let's talk about the Rabbitohs a little bit because their draw, now that we've got the full draw out, actually looks pretty good after the next two weeks. So it's a little bit of a conundrum. They've got the Roosters and then Melbourne, so a hard couple of weeks. But then they hit probably the best two games, I reckon, in the Gold Coast Titans and New Zealand Warriors back-to-back. So in two weeks' time, uh, it looks like you're probably going to want to be getting South players in. Even after the Gold Coast New Zealand, they've got Penrith and then the Bulldogs uh, and West Tigers. So they've got a pretty good month or so of footy coming up after the next two weeks. But for the next two weeks, and particularly this game, um, it looks a bit lean. I'm actually going to be targeting Damien Cook in um, two weeks' time. I want him for that Gold Coast game. I don't want him as much for this game this week, though. Yeah, so I was originally doing the same. Probably going to focus on a couple of other players, but um, 
but Harry Grant's probably, if you do that, you're probably going to be sacrificing Harry Grant. You can only get one or the other. No one's going to sort of get rid of Coruscant. He keeps going. I'm going to have to actually, Latrell will probably be 80 bucks by then. So he's one, he's another one you can target, but not if, <laughs> not if he's playing fullback. Same, I think sort of Cook is a good target. I've, the, the one person I have changed my mind on a little bit lately is um, not Liam Knight. I was originally going to get rid of him purely because the minutes aren't there, but it's not as bad as you think. He's been getting forty. He's been getting forty-five minutes, and first two games of the season probably just you know, need to get a couple, couple of games under the belt. I don't know many locks that only sort of play you know forty-five minutes. His PPM is there. Um, given that it's a, a tough draw um, with those first two games you mentioned, I'm going to give him uh, the benefit of the doubt and just see if Ben increases his minutes a little bit, and also see if. Um, the rule change benefits him a little bit with Cook. Maybe a couple extra, extra, a couple extra sort of hit ups in those rolling sets. Maybe he gets, a, maybe he gets a line break or an extra couple of TDs and sort of picks himself up a bit. So um, he's one person I'm going, I'm going, mm. I'm going to hold and watch for him a little bit and see if the rule changes make it make a bit of a difference. He could go well this week, mate, because uh, I'll, a lot of people forget this, but he actually was signed to the Roosters before going to South. Um, and he didn't get he didn't get hardly any games at all, and he was a little bit bitter that the Roosters cut him after a season. And he's spoken about that a few times in the preseason as well about how it was a kick up the ass. But he also seems a little bit dirty on the Roosters. So even though this is a tougher matchup, um, oh, I think he's going to have a point to prove against the Roosters, and he might fire up a bit. Did he have any brown pepper bags in his locker? <laughs> uh, he did. He just uh, wasn't very good at the time, so it didn't make a difference. <laughs> wrong, wrong touch shot, mate. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think I'm um, holding Liam Knight for this game's fine. He's got a lower break even. I, I'm surprised at how many people have been pushing to get him out this week. I understand the trade out if you have to do it because you need the money um, and he's the only one at that price point that you can trade out. But if you don't need to do it, don't do it. Just hold Knight because he could go well this week. Um, next week he might he probably won't against the Storm, but after that his draw opens up a little bit as well. So I, I actually don't mind Knight for this week. I'm actually going to play him in my 17. Damien Cook I would obviously play if I owned... But the only other guy here that's worth talking about, or guys, the two fallen guns, Cam Murray and Latrell Mitchell. Mate, do you see either of these guys turning it around for this Roosters matchup? Not at all. Um, if I had confidence in any one of them, it would have to be Murray more than Mitchell. I just don't see Mitchell doing Jack at fullback, um, waiting for the day he just been back for centre. Zero confidence in him. Murray's always been a weapon. He's a massive worker. But on that edge, I would just much rather see him get more more work out there, or uh, move, move back to the middle. I I can't see myself really sort of owning him this year at all. Um, at this point, if anything, maybe a fifth or sixth sort of second row. But if you want to show some improvement, yep. I think Latrell's going to really struggle this week. Um, uh, again, throw the old caveat out, not saying it because I'm a Roosters fan. Uh, I I just think that the, the there's been that many things during the week, mate, where they've said, you know, oh, you know. Latrell responds responds to criticism. Latrell responds when he has to step up. He's a big game player, all this stuff. I don't know who they've been watching. Yeah, he was under pressure the first two rounds of the season. He played like dog shit. Seriously, like Latrell, when Latrell is under pressure, that's the time that he plays the worst. And like, I just, I honestly see him getting targeted this week and being a bit unfit still and just really not stepping up at all. Yeah, uh, I'd, if he's not careful, he's going to be sub four. Okay, I'm not going anywhere near. No, no. And if you own him, 
please, everybody sell him. Like, seriously, he should be 0% ownership for this game. Nobody should own Latrell Mitchell for this game. If you're a really big fan, and, like, he could come good, buy him back later, like Billy said. Might be sub 400. You've got to get him out this week. He's a priority trade to get rid of. The only thing, and the only thing I'm going to give anyone that owns Latrell this week is that it's up against the Roosters. Oh, Matt, Matt, maybe he wants to try and shove something in. I'm sure he'll want to, but <laughs> we'll see if he does. This one, as far as captaincies and vice-captaincies goes, I think that James Tedesco is really the only one, although Luke Curie always loves playing South, so he could be a sneaky VC if someone's got him. Other than that, I think that those are the two standouts. Curie's going to do way too much work for it. I, I think Teddy's your only option. Yep. Uh, Score-wise, uh, I'm going for a 28-16 Roosters victory. Yeah, sounds about right. I'll go. 29. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Tupo for a double uh, first try score. A tip for you is $9 at the moment. I reckon that looks pretty good. Sevo's $9 as well. So uh, Daniel Tupo, my boy, I reckon he's going to get a double. And we'll move along to the Warriors versus Dragons. So uh, Warriors side, uh, it's a little bit of uh, yeah, the highs and lows of Supercoach are summed up in this Warriors team. We've got Elisa Katoa. Who was the, the big great hope that was just killing it? Has a massive negative BE, got a starting gig um, in round two, has now been dropped to jersey 17. And then on the flip side, my boy, Jermaine Tanua Brown, he's the starting prop now out of nowhere. I would have bought him anyway just on the bench, but he's starting now, so that's fantastic. And then the other Stephen Kearney bombshell was that Cody Nicarima is a starting half again. And the up-and-comer, CHT, has been dropped to jersey 18. And Josh Curran, the, the great big cheapy hope in the second row, um, is in jersey 20 that's lurking, but looks like he might not get onto the park this week. So a little bit all over the place for the Warriors. Um, but I guess the big takeaway is J- Jermaine Tanoa brown you've got to buy him this week. Yeah, if you haven't got him, he's one of those guys you just got to get in. I tossed up whether to start him or not um, a couple of hours ago trying to figure out who the last bench to go to. Um, decided against it only because he's a PPM type type bloke, you know, scoring sort of one point one point per minute, probably gets sort of forty five minutes. I had a look a lot a lot closer look at his stats. It just seems to be all tackles. Like the bloke doesn't make too many hitups. There's zero offload, zero. I think might have been one tackle bust in there. He doesn't really have any of that sort of. He just seems like a, a really, really big sort of Tomlin type bloke. So if you're going to start him, just be prepared. That, you know, if he plays 45, 50 minutes, you're going to get 45, 50 points. I can't really see him doing any more than that. But cash generation-wise, you've got to have him. Yep, absolutely got to. He isn't in the top 10 trade-in players for this week. I, I mentioned last week it's a travesty. This week it's whatever the word is for beyond travesty, that's what it is this week. He, he should be top 10 easily traded in this week. His mate that's disappointed us, Katoa is 4.6% traded in this week despite being on the bench. I would still trade him in if I didn't have him. Um, he's got a massive break even. He's still going to make a lot of money. I'm sh- surely for this Dragons matchup, you're fine to trade him in and, and, and you expect still decent minutes off that bench. Yeah, yeah, like I said before, like I went to do a reverse trade before, then I thought, ah, just go and have a look at his stats. Because um, I remember the guys saying, like, he's absolute beast, very, very highly rated. And yeah, they were 100% right, mate. First game, 51 minutes off off the bench. So he's come on, come on in, the, in the 30th minute or something or other. Um, scored 40 points in base on an edge in 50 minutes. Got a couple of extra sort of points there. And then he, then, he, then he's come out with um, a 51 off off 60 minutes or, 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 or 50 minutes, whatever it was. So um, it, it, it's a, 
50 or 60 minutes in a, in a starting position. So that, that was all base as well. So might be in the worst team in the league or second worst team in the league, whatever it is. Sorry, Warriors fans. But um, mate, the, the kids certainly got some gas. So look, even coming off bench, hopefully some decent minutes and he can maybe get, it's, it's, the, it's the Dragons, mate. Hopefully he gets over the line and does something, uh, just makes a bit of cash. Yeah, and Isaiah Papali'i, has to be said, He's been one of your boys for a couple of years now where you've been watching him. He's been dropped multiple times from that edge. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's a late drop to the bench and Katoa starts or if he just doesn't perform in the next two weeks and Katoa gets another another bit of juice to get more rises for a bit of an extended period. Yeah. So yeah, that's always there too. Is, um, is Papa Lee more of an edge or a, or a, um, a lock or both? Look, he's played both and I think that they can't work out whether he's best suited to 13 or an edge. Yeah, I, I just can't figure out that, that rotation with that team. Just trying to figure out how Katoa ends up getting back in that starting team. But I guess the super coaches like uh, Kony McGregor shall reveal everything pretty shortly, eh? Yeah. I mean, uh, Papali might play 60 minutes on that edge to give Katoa 20 there. Um, Adam Blair will come off and there's some um, time in the middle there. Maybe Papali goes 40 minutes and, and Katoa goes 40 minutes on that edge and Papali finds extra minutes in the middle. There's a few different ways that they could look at that rotation. I think that one thing that we've got to mention for this matchup, though, um, obviously the Warriors are playing the Dragons at Central Coast Stadium. The Warriors are going to have no games in New Zealand. That's going to be a huge impact for them, just playing in Australia only. Um, and I'm pretty wary of the older guys. Uh, I think that the young cash guys are going to be relied on more and more, like the Tanoa Browns and the Katoas in the future, I think are going to be relied on a lot. But Billy, it has, it has to be a factor that they're going to be playing away from home. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, although they do, they do it. Every, maybe they get acclimatised. I don't know. They just seem to be a team that's always in disarray or in shambles, and it doesn't matter where they are, they get a stupid amount of points put on them. And every now and then they just come, they just, they just come out with an absolute cracker and roll people like Brisbane and Brisbane or Melbourne and Melbourne. It's just uncanny what they what they throw out at, at the best and worst of times. Yeah, you got that right. It is uncanny and completely. <laughs> Unable to call what they're going to do week to week. Um, Warriors fans, I should finish on a note that says, um, you know, you, you should be proud of your team for coming out here and helping the NRL keep going. So be proud of that, even if you're not going to get the wins on the board. You know, I'm, I'm not disrespecting them. They're just probably not going to have the best year. But it'll be positive I'm for Super Coach. <laughs> this I'm dragon side, Billy, without too much of a backhanded compliment sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> At the Dragons, mate. Zach Lomax is playing his third position in three rounds. That's just classic Mary McGregor. He's going to be in the centre, though, so I was probably going to start him even playing on the wing because I expected a try. $10 on Sportsbet for those watching. Now he's playing in the centres. He's going to have even more work rate. Tim Lafay has been dropped, which is about 12 months in the making. Uh, Corbin Sims is a prop. McInnes is back at hooker with no bench hooker. Isaac Luke's not even going to get to play his, his old side, which is surprising. He's not even in the 21-man squad, so he's no chance. Um, and Trent Merrin's out of the 17 in Jersey 18 with Josh Kerr holding a bench spot. I guess the only other notable one, mate, is Tyrrell Fulmano is on the bench in Jersey 16. He's been pretty popular. That bench spot really kills his value. Am I nuts for thinking that Mary might be coming around and all of a sudden, you know, he's dropping guys like Lafay and he's he's not picking guys uh, like, like not, Isaac Luke. Like, yeah, maybe he has a completely lost his mind. Pure ass thing getting some right for a change. I mean, the only one that sort of interests me here is sort of Lomax a little bit. He is going to be one of the one of the um, one of the key picks or non picks. He didn't sort of get right. I'm going to start him for sure. He's going to be yeah, my fourth centre wing. Yeah, so Lomax is obviously the most 
um, I guess, relevant super coach option, which we discussed. But Vaughny, you were pretty horny for a few years ago. He He's someone who might go over the line against the Warriors, but his minutes have been a bit inflated round one, and then round two he only played 50 or so. So a bit hard for him, although I think he's a bit underrated. Uh, the Dragons have been pretty... Well, haven't haven't had many guns that people have really been looking at for a couple of years now because of their performances. I guess the only real left field option, and I wouldn't recommend doing it, but um, Ben Hunt against the Warriors. We've spoken, Billy, about doing some short-term play rounds with some of your backline, with potentially using those trades just to play matchups and stuff. If you were doing that, and I mean you had enough trades, someone like Ben Hunt has a chance to go ballistic um, this week against the Warriors. Saints have got a decent draw for a month. There's probably worse guys, and he will be an ultimate pod. You know, he'll be like 2% owned. So he's probably the only other guy that I can see that might actually go really well in this game. Uh, on on him, he'd be yeah, he's super pod territory. It's probably a really good, really good game to kick off with. All I can say is I just have to agree with you there. I, I couldn't buy him myself um, purely because there's just other guys around that sort of area, um, that price range. Lots of lots of other guys can sort of break even to easy to target. But if you if you had to pick one person in that team, he probably he would probably be the, the bloke. The other one would be the injury injury coming back from injury concern is this one here, but the. Uh, um, McInnes, depending on how healthy he is, he, he's he's probably another another one you could sneak in. Although he would, I think um, Hunt probably has more of an upside. McInnes might be like a next week or the week after, seeing how he goes after coming back from the injury. Yeah, and Hunt's Hunt's played his couple of games, but he's someone also with a high BE. But it's one of those things, I guess, that we've spoken about where. Particularly with how this season's panned out now, um, sometimes you just have to throw the BEs out the window now and just go for points. It's really balancing going for points fast and going for money fast. Hunt would be going for points fast. He's got the Warriors this week. He's got the Dogs the following week. Then the Sharkies, and then he's got the Gold Coast Titans. So that month of football uh, is really good for the Dragons. So someone like Hunt could do well for a month. It's just a bit of a pot option. Uh, I, I'd expect him to go really well this week. As far as McInnes, it's a really good point. McInnes might be a really good um, keeper this year because he's a second-row duel. But I, I tend to agree with your last statement. I'd wait a, a week or two to see sort of how he comes back from injury. Yeah, I didn't realise the draw was that good too. So this would have been a prime opportunity to get something like Whittup. But you know, now that he's gone, that maybe, does, does Hunt maybe sort of step up and take those sort of Whittup games minus the goal kicking from uh, last year? So yeah, that's a really good shout. That actual that actual four game run, mate. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're looking for super pods, like these are the sort of guys you should look at. Uh, I don't think that either side really has any V, C, or C options for me. Surely you don't have any that you would that you would consider. I don't own him, but. I've, your shout on um, Hunt isn't a bad isn't a bad one VC wise, but he's mm. probably too late too late in the round given that you'd sort of miss your C opportunity with um, two big front row forwards or second rowers in, in Lolo and Ahas. Yeah, if it was earlier on, I, I wouldn't mind the VC on Hunt. Um, I do think that the Warriors are going to struggle generally this year, as I was saying. But um, the Dragons have been underwhelming, but they've got a pretty good side, mate. So, look, I think the Dragons have the opportunity to really do a number on the Warriors. Um, and even if they play average, they still should win. Uh, I'm expecting sort of a 24-14 type of scoreline. Um, I think that's realistic. Um, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up winning by 20-plus either. Yeah, well, see, the thing with the Warriors is, like, you can dismiss them and say, oh, yeah, but we always sort of lower end of the, the spectrum. But um, they've had so many injuries and they're in disarray. So you don't know what's going to happen to them. They, they could fall apart more than usual. They, they, the young kids could step up. But 
it's just one of those games where there's too much of an opportunity. If you had a bloke like that, you sort of really want to um, have a crack at it. That, that VC option, if it didn't work, so be it. But uh, you've got to be able to win it. Yep, yep, agree. My big call for this one is Benny Hunt for 80 points. Sports bet specials, really surprised that the Dragons are $1.65. I reckon I'd be all over that, and I already am. Uh, but if you want to go real big, mate, minus 8.5 points for the Dragons, $2.60. Unbelievable value. Michaeli Rabalawa, $2 something to score. I right, and that's beautiful. But any big calls that you want to make for this one? Mate, that, that minus eight points is beautiful. If you, if, if they're paying a dollar sixty for the win, surely they're going to do, do it by, you know, at least sort of two or four points. So you're basically you know, paying an extra sort of four, four and a half points for an extra sort of what, you know, 100%? Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over those ones. Um, but let's not turn this too much into a gambling pod. Let's move on to the Sharkies versus Tigers. Kickbacks. You're not telling me, are you? You're getting kickbacks. Sports bet. <laughs> not yet, but hopefully they'll listen and we'll get some um, advertising promos for sports bet up. Shark- <laughs> Sharkies versus Tigers. Uh, this one, obviously we've got the Bronson Sherry news breaking. So he's obviously out for the Sharkies. Really big blow, but super disappointing, Billy, that a guy that's... I was really struggling with it when chatting to a few of the boys that a guy that's, you know, got a, got the contract upgrade and it looks like he's on his way up and one of the top centres in the game talked about as a rep player of the future, got the world at his feet. He's cemented his first grade spot. Like, I just don't understand why anyone would knowingly in that position jeopardise their career by doing some, you know, five different types of anabolic steroids, it looks like. Yeah, mate, I don't have anything to comment here apart from if it's true, which seems like it is, mate. It's a side of testing. It's not like... Uh... Um, there's nothing going on there. Um, just disappointing, you know. But uh, young kids think they're invincible, mate. I don't, I don't know why he thought he was thought he needed to do it. The, ki- the kid was a gun anyway, so you know, see what comes out of it. But it's a shame. I think from super coach wise, it just opens opens a gate for a, another week for one of those younger kids, whether it's Williams or, or sort of Katawa getting another game in there. Yeah, so obviously we've got a side that's got um, Will Kennedy named fullback. Matt Moylan is lurking on the extended bench. He's He's been tipped to play. So if you own Will Kennedy, I'd be holding him, but I wouldn't be playing him um, because I'm pretty sure that he's not going to end up in the side. Josh Dugan's back from injury because of the layoff and Britton Nakora as well is returning from injury. Uh, it does mean that Magulius drops out of the 17. Whether he comes back in or not, we'll have to wait and see. Um, he may come back into the 17, but he was a guy that um, started off pretty well. For... The Sharkies, mate. I mean, I think that there's a few guys that are pretty relevant, but for me, one of the guys that I really warmed to in the last week is Sean Johnson as a buy, um, particularly if you own Nathan Cleary. Uh, I, I really like Moses. I've already got him. I was trying to find ways to get Sean Johnson in, and he's a really good replacement for Cody Walker at 5'8", because Sean Johnson's a jewel as well. With the Sharkies run, um, I, I rate their run as good as anyone's. It, it just looks marvellous. Sean Johnson has had a lot of time, like I was talking with Catfish last week, to actually heal from his leg injuries and everything. So he should be completely free of niggle and fit. Um, he came out even with his you know, leg issues and scored 95 against the Rabbits, 28 against the Storm, which you'd, you'd kind of let go because it's against the Storm. He's got yeah, a 56 exactly. BE, so you don't have to get him in this week. But just for the points, I mean, Tigers, Cowboys, Dragons... Bulldogs, Manly, Titans, Penrith, Warriors, Saints. They don't even play a side that's going to be 
the potentially even top six until they hit maybe Brisbane round twelve. Like their their draw is stunning. So someone like SJ, I'm I'm really super interested in. Yeah, I didn't realise it was that sweet. Um, makes him uh, very very enticing. Probably, I think there's too many other sort of good opportunities available to uh, get him this week. If you had that sixth trade, <laughs> I'll tell you what, he'd be um, he'd be a lot closer to getting in your side. I think you could probably watch him for a week, um, give it give it his break even. Um, I don't think too many people own him, so if he scores 150, you're not <laughs> you're not going to be uh, too far behind. But I'll tell you what. If, um, if you get, if he goes on a tee, you're going to want to be able to afford to get on that train pretty quickly. Yeah, 13% ownership, which is super low for Sean Johnson. I'm surprised that, given that we've got a, a, a big money half out in Cleary, a big money 5.8 out in Cody Walker, plus other guys that are moving around, I've, I've been surprised more people haven't been looking at Sean Johnson. Um, so for Sean Johnson numbers, 13% is pod-like. I'm massive. I think he's one of the best tradings this week. I'm like you though, like I was hitting reverse 17 times just hoping Supercoach would give me a six trade as like a, a bit of a glitch in the system so I could get him in, but didn't quite work for me, so uh, yeah. I'm without him too. Too many people have him, but it's purely because of this. I don't I don't think you're going to find too many teams that had uh, Cleary as well as Walker. Those, those are two big expensive guys in the halves, particularly when there were a couple of TP guys available, you know, Louis, Louis Williams and the other Tiger Skin, Walters, whatever his name was. So I think uh, most people would have one of uh, Walker or one of Cleary and um, most people, not everyone, and trading them out. So pretty much most people you'd think would be going to a drink water type as a cash out, not SJ, purely because of the the, the Cowboys draw um, his price point and break even and run, but SJ is probably a luxury tra- a luxury trade for a lot of people. Yeah, the, I'm the same. I, I couldn't do it because of my other issues. But um, uh, another guy that's a big winner from the Sharks team list is uh, Sione Katoa. Um, so he's on the wing. Um, he's around about 350k. He was going to be dropped, um, but obviously um, with the sharing news that it buys him potentially the whole season, but um, he's definitely going to get enough opportunity now. One of the big things with Katoa is that he's got a minus 43 BE. The problem is that at 368k he is, he's quite expensive, but he scored 94 points in round one. Granted, he had two tries with that, but he had no tries in round two and he still scored 61 points against Melbourne. He's, he's a bit of a tackle buster and he was offloading this year as well, which was nice. So his work rate's gone up. I, I kind of rate him as a super coach option actually. Uh, he's got the potential to score well, particularly on the Sharkies run. Uh, he could easily make 200 grand if they go on a bit of a run because he's going to be one of their main try scorers. So it, it presents a great opportunity for him, Billy. I guess for me, there's two issues and I couldn't fit him in either. One of them is that he's 368k, so it's a bit of money to put in for, for a cashy. The other is I think that he'll probably retain his spot on the wing, but I mean, he could, he's been dropped before. Um, where they haven't had much depth. And as well as that, you know, it would be an absolute killer. It probably won't happen, but it would be an absolute killer if they rated Kennedy higher than him, which I think they do, and said, you know what, we want to give Kennedy some time on the wing so he's still in the first grade side, and they end up, you know, cutting Katoa instead of Kennedy. Um, there's a few little few little issues there. Mate, Kennedy seems like a bigger lad. I, I can't see him. Especially when a guy like uh, Katoa's um, scored a couple of tries. When a guy's in form, even if he's only getting fed, Fed the ball and it's falling over the line, like he's scoring him. So I can't see him dropping. I can't see them dropping him for that. I reckon. Uh, so I said, I said Williams before dinner, not, not William Kennedy. So I reckon Kennedy's the one that gets dropped. Um, I wasn't, in, I wasn't 
liking him at all, but um, purely because of the price point and maybe and having other options available, but didn't realise their draw was as good as what you said before. So if you own him, um, you'd be playing him. Um, if you can afford 300k and you can't afford, you know, sort of 440, 480 for like a Stags or a Zarko type, um, it wouldn't be grudge getting getting him in, mate. But yeah, just just playing for those uh those games and hope you hope he goes over line a couple of times before going further and wind up. What was his actual hit up rate like? So what what, he, what are people going to get if he doesn't if he doesn't score? His pure base is is 28 across those couple of games, although small sample size, but you know still pretty good for a winger. It's his base attack with his tackle breaks and his offloads that's been off the charts. You know he's it's unsustainable, but he's like 60 odd if you look at base base attack, um, which is pretty incredible. I mean, he's he's having the runs. I think looking at it, he had um, around 18 runs for round two, and then if you look at round uh, sorry round one, he had about 15 runs. So you're getting about 16, 17 runs a game on average, um, which is great. He's averaging three offloads a game, which you could say is unsustainable, but he seems to be really looking at popping them. And he's had a heap of tackle breaks. So, small sample size, but he looks fantastic. I guess, Billy, one of the things for me is, um, I said I'm not getting him in because it's an extra, you know, 130 grand compared to someone like Hampton. But in saying that, I guess when you're comparing them, someone like Hampton, you can't play every week. Like, you're playing this week against the Titans. But, you know, he's got a pretty low ceiling. Yeah, but Katoa, you could generally play every week for the next two months. Like, and he's part of your centre wing rotation and he's making money. Yeah, look, you could do worse things and sort of get Hampton this week if you don't have the cash to stretch to stretch to Katoa. Um, what he's going to increase in value just just the same as sort of Katoa, and then if Katoa sort of continues on his run, maybe make the switch next week, or if Ham, if Hampton um, goes big versus the Titans, hold on to him one more week so you get a couple of weeks to look at Katoa. Um, it's a hard call, mate, because you obviously don't want to miss out on on the money train. You also don't want to miss out on the points. Um, yeah, this is just one of those line, line calls where it's gut feel, no right, no wrong answer, mate. It's just wait and see what happens. Yep, exactly right. I'm with you on that. And don't, I guess, two things to leave everyone on with Katoa. One, don't leave yourself short of cash by getting Katoa. That's the biggest thing. Like if you're spending an extra 150-odd K on Katoa as opposed to one of the cheapies, is going to stop you from doing your trades either this week or next week that you're going to need to do. Uh, it's not worth doing. Um, and the second and final thing is wait until before the game just to see the final TLT. Um, because whilst it's highly unlikely, you'd, you'd hate to see him dropped or something or, or not be there. And the Sharks' back line looks pretty murky at the moment at best. So uh, definitely wait and see. But um, he, he's certainly an option. Aside from that, in the Sharky side, um, there probably isn't too many other guys at the moment that you want to look at. I, mean, I know that I saw you mention Ramian online. Um, I'm really not into him at all. Um, I see why a few people are. Um, I wouldn't be buying him. I don't think you need to after his start to the season. As far as disappointments, though, Jack Williams is an instant trade-out. God, I wish I didn't have him in my side. I don't see him doing any better against the Tigers this week. And yeah, he's, he's one of the first traded out for me. He just looked like mud. Yeah, I heard some idiot talking on your podcast at the beginning of the year saying he was a number one rookie to get in until Catfish talked me out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I made a boo-boo there, but um, yeah, Catfish talked with some sense into me on that one, so I luckily avoided that one. I, I actually thought he was going to be a lot better than, than what he was. Um, but it just doesn't seem to be getting um, uh, as big a minutes as I thought he would. They've got to share it around. 
Uh, Rudolph's probably the winner, cheapy-wise, in, in that t- team, if anything. Um, I don't remember talking Rami up at all. I think you got me confused with someone else, but I wouldn't go near him. Um, the other thing I was going to say about the, the Sharks was... Uh, um, uh, it was Rudolph, actually. I think Rudolph's the only person I would even consider in that team, but he's probably right down the bottom. He's probably not one you can wait for next week on. Yeah, I mean, Rudolph's got a decent break-even, um, but... Uh, I, I, quite a few people have jumped on Rudolph. Um, if you started with him, that's great. Um, if you didn't start with him, I wouldn't be getting him in. I think Tanua Brown's well ahead of him in the Warriors side. Uh, Tanua Brown's just been named a starting starting spot. And Toby Rudolph has, has signed with the Warriors for next year. So if the Sharks are 50-50 on who they're going to give a jumper to out of some of their young guys, um, I'm, I think they're going to give it to other guys over Rudolph just because Rudolph's not going to be there uh, next year. So... Uh, yeah, you take the starting Warriors guy for sure over him. He's got a minus 27 BE. It's going to be a slow burn if he's only getting small minutes. Round one, he got 20, um, oh, 30 minutes. Round two, he got 42, but I think that was inflated. So he's probably only looking at 30 minutes a game. I, I wouldn't be trading him in. On the Tigers side of things, Billy Walters is on the bench with Harry Grant starting at hooker, which is what we expected. Big watch, obviously, on Harry Grant um, for a couple of weeks' time to trade him in. But... Um, Embi and Luke Brooks both return, so the Tigers side looks a lot better. A couple of other key changes. Adam Dewey's at fullback, so if anyone actually has him, then maybe you're going to get some love. I'm, I certainly wouldn't be getting him in, but I think that he's going to score a bit better. Uh, a couple other things for me, though, Billy. One of them was oh, I've been a big fan of Thomas McKayley, and I've talked him up quite a bit. He's got a starting number 10 jersey now, and he's coming off two games where he didn't go great. In the first game, he scored 45 points off his 52 minutes, uh, which was okay. In the second game, he only played 17 minutes, though, and that was injury effect. He's still only got a BE of 29, though, because he's only a shade over 300K. He is a guy that is a uh, around a 1 to a 1.2 type of PPM projected sort of guy. Um, if he's starting, I'm not going to buy him, but I'm definitely going to be watching because if he ends up getting you know, 52 minutes again, like he did in round one, he becomes very interesting to me. Yeah, maybe he becomes interesting, but I, I just don't see how you can sort of fit him in because you've got the um, you've got, everyone's sort of got Haas on one, on one point, and then most people are going to have like a, a mid ranger, like a, I don't know, a Carrigan or a Knight or someone as the, as their second prop. Again, everyone's going to have like a you know Junior Brown and Rudolph or someone else sort of there. So you'd have to get rid of someone like that in order to fit him in and at his price point and un- unknown with the minutes, unless he turns out to be getting his 50, 55, 60 minutes and turns into an absolute gun, considering they've got um, two edges on the bench as well as, well as a, uh, an interchange, an, a, um, a utility-type player, I can't see him really sort of doing anything. So, But it makes it a, a bigger watch, knowing they're probably going to get a lot bigger minutes for that bench. Yeah, and like one of the things with Michaeli for me is like one of the trades that I, I look at, if he, if he plays well this week, you know, something like... Uh, if Liam Knight goes dog shit this week, Liam Knight down to McKayley, bank 100k and get a better player out of it that I can start in McKayley. But I'm quite a big McKayley fan. Yep. Alex Twelve, um, you mentioned, and he's a he's a pretty popular guy. Wasn't popular to start the year, only a couple of percent home, but a lot more people are looking at him now. He's starting at 13. Now, I think that's better for him because generally a 13 is going to get more minutes than a, 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 a 8 or a 10 most of the time. You mentioned the interchange bench. Oliver Clark's the only prop that they've got on it. They've got a utility, and then they've got two edge players. I do expect 
out of the extended bench. So um, Zane Musgrove could definitely come in for Safarth, and then they've got you know two props and middles in there. Um, or Michael Cheekham could, and he's not a prop or a middle anyway. So uh, Tigers are one of those sides that I mentioned earlier, mate, that they're 18 to 21 could all legitimately come into the side. So it's a little bit hard to tell. I've said the whole time that Twile is a little bit of a risk. I really love him as a player, but we've seen this before where he's gone on a month-long tear and then Madge has, has pulled his minutes down. But being named at 13 for this week, it, it does look a bit more appealing, and he's averaging 75 across the first two games. Yeah, the thing with him is I can't figure out. Um, he's 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 not a bad boy. He's, he's, he's not a good boy. He's just... That unknown in the middle that could go either way, um, and the reason I say that, like, if you listen to Perso, um, he'll just say, "Look, one one of the games, he, his minutes were inflated because he had um, there was an injury, so he played what 65, 70 minutes or something or other, and another and another game he just went stupid and had like you know fifty or sixty tackles or something or other, so he, his minutes are normally going to come back down. Um, most most players that move from um, eight or ten to thirteen jersey, like yeah, I know it's the same position pretty much, but they they get that extra sort of five ten minutes. Yep. Um, looking at his at his hit ups the other day, um, it was pretty ordinary. Like it's all sort of tackle, so I don't really sort of see him getting any sort of clutch attack or anything extra sort of to give you some more bang for your buck there. Um, then I went and had a look at his all, all the the minutes for all the locks um, at the Tigers, and they all seem to play sort of forty five minutes. So then I started asking myself, does Twile actually actually regress in minutes and actually go back to the standard you know, forty five? But looking at their bench, I can't see that happening because who, who are you going to put in there? I, uh, given given the amount of tackles that he actually makes, and the fact that they've got historically such a such a, a short minute middle middle game. I reckon Madge might actually be turning him into a much bigger, like 65 to 65 plus minute lock. I reckon that's what's actually going to happen, but I want to sit back and watch him for and see what happens. Yeah, and if that happens, um, like all, all 12's ever needed is the minutes. If he ever got sort of even 55 plus minutes, he's, he's a viable option. It's a pity that he's 492k, because if he was 400k, he'd be a much better buy because you're still going to make some money out of it at worst, but... Um, he's only got a BE of one, so he's going to make some cash. I, I couldn't begrudge anyone getting him. I would just say that their expectations need to be in check. You know, he, he could come out this week against the Sharkies and smash another 70 and play 65 minutes, like you said, Billy, or he could end up you know, with 50 minutes and put out a 45, and then all of a sudden it doesn't look that great. But I'm not getting him. I understand why people are. He could go well against the Sharkies pack this week because I think they're going to be a bit underdone with guys like Fafita there. Other guys in this Tiger side, mate, i am been really big on Luciano Leilua. I sort of a few months ago had to warm up to him a little bit more. Um, but then I warmed to him the two weeks leading into the season. I was really happy to have him in my side. The first two games, I was really happy to have him. And I spoke to someone about this earlier where they were asking for options. I mentioned to you that they were going to get Jaden Sewer. And I mentioned, well, I'd rather, even though Hess isn't great, I'd rather Hess. But my number one guy in that sort of price range within 100k was sort of, oh, I'd much rather just get Luciano Leilua. Leilua attacking that shark's edge could do pretty well, but he's just, he's gotten some attack, yes, but he's an attacking type of guy. His points have been 64 and 80 in the first two rounds. Tigers have got the Sharkies and then the Titans the next two weeks. So as a buy, for someone with a minus 11 BE and only 430k, I expect him to do really well this week. Uh, and I'm, I'm surprised more people aren't sort of looking at him when they're, when they're trading out like a Liam Knight or something. Yeah, agree. He, um, when we did the preseason pod on him, I think, every, I think every podcast saw it. But if you look at his numbers, what, what he, I think it was 
the seven or eight games you finished last year on playing 80 minutes on the edge where he averaged what, 75 or something like something like that. You can see he just did it. Like he he, he always had a try assist or a try. So the question at the beginning of the year is always going to be, okay, does he maintain uh, that try scoring? So worst case scenario, like he, he's always been on sort of 25 at half time, is at 50 at full time. And yeah, we did get lucky with. Um, he was sort of go, uh, getting a line break try, sort of just uh, right near, right near the death. I think game one or game two, whatever it was. But you got to expect that. that it's kind of like kick out. That's going to happen. Kick out, come off off the field, injured. Everyone was sort of down, felt sick to their stomach. He goes back on for the second half, and then space of twenty minutes, sort of uh, hit. Up, sorry, um, tackle bus, tackle bus, line break try. All of a sudden, scores fifty off you know, twenty five minutes or something. So he's that sort of type of player, and you got to expect that. Um, it's just going to be a question of you know how often is he going to do it, and ho- hopefully he go he, he goes on a run where he, he scores at least one try in it once every two and a half three games, so you don't get a string of sort of fifty 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 five. Yeah, he's he's sixty k less than twelve. So for the sixty k less and a better be, I'd rather get Luciano in. His base raw is forty seven yep. so far, and his base base attack is fifty seven. So he's got a pretty good floor. 47 for an edge isn't that bad in raw base. Um, so I'm, I'm big on him this week. I think he's going to go well against the Sharkies. Another guy that is probably going to go well, because whenever he gets his starting jersey back, he always goes well, is David Nofaluma. Um, up against that side on the Sharks, um, I could see him still do very well. He, he had 109 and 59 points the first two rounds. He's got a BE of 18 because he's a massive 605k to buy. But averaging 84 points across the first two games, pretty low ownership still. Um, he looked like the first two weeks as being the premium centre wing to own. I haven't seen very many people getting him in. Uh, I think that the Tigers are going to put some points on the Sharks, even though they might lose still. So I'm, I see him as a pretty... Uh, he's obviously a great play for this week, and I think that he's going to score 60-plus. Um, but I haven't seen many people looking at buying him, Billy. Yeah, I can see why. Um Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they play Titans or something first game? No, they played Dragons and then uh, they played Newcastle. Oh, it's close. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, the, the, the 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 game I remember watching it. Um, I think it was the, I think it was the second game. Like it was it was only thirty seconds before the end of the game where he scooped the ball up, had a, had a line break and a try. So he added 30, 30, 31 points like in the seventy ninth minute. So he, he would have ended up on you know, fifty one and sort of. Um, um, no, uh, eighty odd. So still, still a bloody good scores. Um, and wingers are always going to score tries. You can't take that away from them. I would just like to see. I just, I just don't want to pay that sort of coin for a winger. Um, I reckon the people that have already sort of um, were ast- people that were astute enough to buy him early. Uh, congratulations to them. They've got awesome scores. They're going to ride it right now. But I wouldn't be trying to chase. Uh, um, chase the winners with um, a winger that they've already got. I'd be trying to chase elsewhere with a, with a forward or, or someone else. Mate. I just wouldn't want to try and reel in the lead with the, with the same sort of volatile player that, that they've got. It's your best way to catch up by not owning him. Yeah, he isn't heavily owned though, so I think owning him you're going to catch up. But um, Sharks and Titans are the next two rounds and he's going to carve up those. So I think he'll go well this week. I can't buy him either. He's too much money. But if you started with him, well done. He's going to go well this week against the Sharkies, mate. Captaincy options in this one. I guess if you really wanted to go uh, all-out pod, you could go for a Sean Johnson. It's a bit late um, in the week, as you said, down for VCs. Sean Johnson's probably the only guy that kind of ticks the box to have a look at. Yeah. I <laughs> haven't got a heart condition, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I was saying this earlier that I, I think that um, 
you need to not captain a back after the layoff. I think that you have to captain a forward and just VC a back for this round. So it'll be a real big balls one if you just want to go Sean Johnson straight C. But you know, if anyone can throw out 120 as a half, Sean Johnson could against the Tigers. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if you pull something like that off, it's going to rocket, you know, skyrocket your right ladder because A, not many people are going to have him to start with and B, <laughs> zero people are going to captain him. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I'd be remiss before I sign off on the, the Tigers-Sharks matchup, not to mention Joseph Leilua. A few people have been, a lot of people have been selling BJ. He's on the top 10 most sold list, and I understand why. Um, other people have raised the point, Billy, just quickly, that they've got a pretty good draw, and in, in two weeks they end up playing the, tit- the Titans, and you're probably going to want him for that game. So some people have said, oh, well, why don't you just hold him? Where do you stand on the, the hold or sell Joseph Leilua for this week? I'd sell him too much money to hold um, because if you hold him for that, that round and he scores, you know, sort of 110 or 120, yeah, you're cheering. But, okay, so what about this week's points? You're foregoing this week to make it up next week. So you basically break even. You've got to, like, no point in getting behind and going forwards. If you're going to get rid of him, just get rid of him. Do it now. Get the points this week. And then you get then, then you get to bank those. And then before even going into the Titans game, you're already sort of 20, 30 points ahead by, you know, using sort of stags or whoever you want to buy. Um, um, even if it's a year, you, know, you, you get that cash index and you get, you get the base, you send it quarter, and then you're looking for another platform to go even higher. So just keep chipping away. I wouldn't hold him. No, 83 BE. I'm all the way with Billy. 465K. Just get rid of him. He's averaged exactly 30 points the first two rounds with no work at all. I don't think that his work's going to increase after a nine-week layoff. If anything, you'll probably end up scoring 25 points this week. So... Um, now I've said that Billy will score a ton. <laughs> yeah. He just said seven weeks off, mate. So how fast do you think he's going to come back? Uh, about as fast as a slug that's just had a Macca's family meal deal. Um, <laughs> big call for this one. Uh, Sione Katoa, uh, to score 80 plus points and to get at least one try. Sports bet $2.20. As far as the game goes though, Billy, uh, I could see it being a pretty tight one, like a 24-22 type of scoreline going either way. Bold prediction for me. I reckon, I reckon Dewey is going to come out of his shell in the next three weeks and be in the, in the, in the top two or three averaging players at the Tigers. I reckon Twal, Twal, Luciano and, um, and Dewey. He's hit up so he's tackle bust when he's at fullback. It just looks so, he just looks so much more involved. It's a big and, call, but it's um, one that I really yeah, like. I, yeah, I, I I was reluctant to sell him because I needed it and I didn't want to play him this week. But I'm very 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 up in the air as to whether to buy him back for that Titans game. See mm-hmm. what happens. See how he goes. Next game's the uh, the Storm vs the Raiders. Yeah, with the Storm, Brandon Smith and Christian Welsh both return on the bench, which we mentioned was going to play a bit of havoc with that middle rotation. We weren't sure whether Tui Kamakamoka was going to actually be starting still because Naz played off the bench that last game. Naz is starting, but uh, Tui's actually out of the side, so we're not actually going to be able to see the rotation. Um, but uh, Tui's, you got to hold him, but this is one of the problems with starting with a 300k potential bench player. You got to hold him because of his BE, but he's probably going to have at least a game off. Um, so some a couple of key changes for the Storm bench mainly, and that's starting um, for them, mate. Ryan Pappenhausen. I've been surprised at how many people have been looking at selling him. Uh, I know that he hasn't started the season on fire, but I wouldn't say that he's been you know bad at all. Um, and the Storm 
have some games coming up that you're going to want him for. So against the Raiders this week, yeah, sure, it's it's a bit of a tougher matchup for the Storm. But they are then playing Souths, who have been leaking points and don't look great now. Then Newcastle, then Penrith and the Warriors. Uh, they've got some decent games there. Perhaps gone 49 and 59 points the first two weeks. Not amazing, but certainly not bad when he hasn't hit any attack. So, I mean, look, I'd, I'm just a big fan of him. I know that you are too. I wouldn't be surprised even if he's playing Canberra that he pumps out a try and a line break and he ends up, you know, with 75, 80 points this week as it is. I still reckon he ends up in the top three players for the year, mate. Um, for, if you look at his work rate, like he's... I know he's a, just a small bloke, but he's in support. Every second screenshot when you look, when you look at the, the video replays, but he's always there in support. He's, he's always up the bill looking for the offload. He's always running straight past and forwards. Just, I just didn't get one away to him. And for the first two games of the season, he's got, when the Brooks scoring 51 and 51 pretty much, doing absolutely nothing, mate, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. Yep. Cam Munster's got a big BE. And he hasn't looked great the first couple of games. Um, a lot of people are selling him. He's someone that I'd certainly be selling, mate. Um, he, it's, it's hard to tell with guys like Munster when they'll go well. Maybe he'll carve up Canberra this week, but it is a harder matchup. He's got 116 BE and he's more than 640k that's sitting on your bench. He's someone that's, you know, a great 70k bank downgrade down to Sean Johnson this week, and that's a trade that I'd certainly be doing rather than playing him against Canberra. Yeah, mate, same thing. Um, I, I would keep him. He's one of those guys that you really do need to um, get him when he goes in that run and scores that that massive 130, 140 game. Um, I wouldn't want to bank on that versus Canberra with that break in. I just can't lose this week, probably getting back. I wouldn't say as soon as possible. There's, there's, there's better folks you can get in there. He, he, he seems to go on a run of 45, 45, 45, 130, 45, 45, 90, 45. Just that, that very volatile sort of player. He just doesn't have that real low floor because he's constantly involved tackle busting and um, make, make a lot of tackles. So he's always going to be heavily involved, but um, that high break even and his, his draw, I'd be happy just to do with it now and worry about plucking elsewhere. Yep, agreed. Uh, for the Raiders side, we've got the same 17 as last round, but Jordan Rapano is actually on the extended bench and John uh, John Bateman remains sideline. Good chance that Bateman comes back next week, but for now that means that Corey Horsburgh and Joe Tappany um, end up keeping their roles which is great for people like me that own both of them because they've both got low BEs and I want to make some money out of it. Um, even against the Storm Pack, both look okay starters to me. Um, Nick Kotrick, though, he's a bit of a it's a bit of a dilemma. Um, I started with Kotrick Billy, and I was really happy with it. His base attack has been phenomenal. His work rate's been great. great. 49 and 62 points with no tries the first two games. He's only thrown at 60K. He's got a zero BE. Um... It's a bit hard, and I don't know what advice to give to people because some people have asked me, you know, who's someone that is going to get me decent points and make some cash around that 350k mark in centre wing? And Kotrick fits the bill, but he's obviously not not likely to go well this week. But the following weeks, he's got Newcastle Tigers, um, Manly and Para, a little bit more opportunity in the next couple of weeks after the Storm for sure. I still really like him. Uh, Catfish is obviously wary because of... The change-up, we don't know what side people are going to play on now with Rapana coming back eventually and stuff. I mean, where do you kind of see him as far as uh, continuing the form that he was on and also as far as being a buyer? Because you wouldn't want to wait to buy him if you were going to because he's only 360k now. 
I wouldn't buy him at all. Um, not, not at least watching him versus the Storm this week. You'd, you'd, you'd take the hit um, for 30, 40k. Um, if, if, if anything, it's not going to increase by much. If you own him, I'd hold him and not play him this week. It's not, it's, if you can, it's 200k, 160-odd k, whatever it is. It's not too much to leave on your bench, so you probably could. Um, would not be playing him this week, would not be selling him, but that's only if you manage to get sort of five good trades without sort of leaving yourself short, mate. Well, it'd be cool. I'm definitely going to be playing him. I saw enough in his work rate to, to think that I can play him every week, and I'm going to get sort of a... Uh, you know, worst case, he might score 40 points um, because his work rate seems really good. So I'm, I'm going to play him. Um, I don't think you can buy him, though, which um, yep. is, is good because it means not many more are going to jump on. And I reckon the week after, he's going to put a try on Newcastle and then the Tigers, and he's going to have a great two-week run. So I really liked how he looked. Um, apart from that, Bailey Simonson owners are going to have to sell him. That's just a given. Um, George Williams owners, though, Billy, they seem to be pretty split. I've seen some people out of necessity look at trading George Williams. Obviously, he's got the, the Melbourne Storm, so it's not a great game, and I, I wouldn't be playing George Williams. The first two weeks, he went 58 and 34 points, and the 58 included a, um, a line break, I believe. He's got a BE of 10, but he's 330K, and there seems to be quite a few other options. I, I've seen people out of necessity not be able to get drink water in any other way than to than to trade a, a George Williams or other people upgrade a George Williams to say a Sean Johnson. I, I wouldn't be, you know, trying to hold him too hard. If you need to trade him, I think it's a fine week to do it. Uh yeah, agree. Um I'm I'm holding him because I don't want to play him this week, but I think he will come good. He actually looks really good on on the park. He just gets involved with the tackles. Um he just a lot of his, a lot of the video footage I saw of him playing in the UK. He has, he has a good short ball, has a good long ball. Both knows how to play. Um, I reckon he'll won't turn a superstar, but I'll tell you what, he'll turn into a bloody good player. And I, th- I think he'll be able to sort of bank sort of some decent super coach points off him um, in, in the next sort of few weeks. But I just wouldn't bank on it sort of happening this week. Um, yeah, so if you're not going to play him this week, um, especially you look, you look at like, SJ, who scored what 28 points versus the Storm. Yep. What, what do you think that the new, new bloke from the UK is going to do? That's not that's not kicking goals. So that that's a, that's the risk you need to sort of avoid this week if possible. But only if you've got someone else to sort of um, step in, like a Luai or a Drinkwater. But if you haven't got anyone, like because you've got like a Walters on the bench or something like that, and you're forced to sell, then yeah, look, so be it. Sometimes you just got to take the hit. You do it and. You can buy him back later if you need to. Agree. Um, the last guy for the Raiders that's really relevant to talk about is Emre Gula. Gula's got the best BE out of anyone at minus 70. Um, he's 221k. Now, it's, it, he's a really tough one because there's some short-term money-making. Even if he goes badly against the Storm this week, and I certainly wouldn't play him off the bench against the Storm, no way. He's, you know, still could score badly and still could make, you know, 90k profit just in the one week and then you can just sell him the week after if you need to. So short term wise, I understand it. Um, but for me, I'm not going to buy him Billy for this week because he's playing the storm for one and for two with Bateman back the following week, um, likely back. I don't think that he's going to go well minutes wise because Horse is probably going to end up back on the bench in the middle rotation. But the bigger thing for me, mate, is when you compare what props that you can buy. There's Emre Gula at 221k, yes, with a really good BE, but there's also Tanua Brown where you can save 50k straight away just by doing that instead, and he's going to have probably more continued money-making for three or four weeks. So he's a no for me, but I understand if you want a quick cash grab, then may as well just get him in and get him out quickly. Yeah, same. I'm not getting him, only because, you know, 220k, it's 
it's type position uh, uh, better better options out there. Um, some might be getting them in just because it is a real sort of quick sort of oh, 60, 70, 80, 80 grand off, off one week, whatever, whatever it is. Even if he only scores 30 off the bench, I think that's the only reason people are getting him. No, no one's no one's silly enough to sort of play him, except maybe Raiders fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just a pure quick cash, cash grab, like you said. There's, there's, even if he makes, you know, sort of a, a 70, 80 grand this week, you're better off just buying the bloke that's, you know, sort of um, 50, 60 grand cheaper that's going to make the same amount of money over two weeks and has the starting position. So, yeah, there's plenty of other options out there now. And as far as captaincy options go, um, I, I wouldn't look at captaincy in anyone, even a Cameron Smith, I wouldn't captain in any of these sides. Is there anyone that you'd say, yeah, you'd maybe swing a, you know, pod captaincy on? I wouldn't say no to Smith, um, purely because, I mean, he's, Makes a lot of tackles. He's been playing. He's been playing um, consistent. Like he's been scoring sort of seventy odd points each week. Um, the bloke knows how to how to have a try. How to have a try. So he's put that put those sort of six points in with sort of forced goal dropouts. Maybe maybe the um, the rule change advantages him a little bit. Has a couple of extra runs. He's not the worst. Probably got a high sort of four fifty odd. But I think there's better options out there. But I wouldn't say there's no captaincy option in him. Fair enough. Uh, big call for this one for me, mate. Ryan Pappenhausen to go 80-plus points. And as far as the result, I think the Raiders are going to win it in a thriller 21-20. Yeah, same. I reckon Pap sort of does something this week. Um, and just on, just I, I reckon Spitty, I reckon Spitty punches a 75 as well, purely because um, a blow like him that's not really quick, I reckon, I reckon just has... has uh, a lot more opportunity in games like like the Raiders, like playing as the top four, because he's a lot more work through the middle, a lot more tackles, um, a lot more tied tied forwards. So with a, with a predominantly middle middle based game, maybe has an extra couple of runs, maybe gets a line break in there. I, I just think Sadiq Cami will do some seventy five this week. Knights vs Panthers is the next one. Now I've got the two of the biggest guns in this one out with Cleary and Ponga both suspended. Uh, for the Knights side, Connor Watson starting at hooker, your boy, but he does have. Chris Randall, who is a specialist hooker on the bench. Andrew McCulloch will come into the side soon enough. So Connor Watson looks pretty trappish as a as a starting nine there. Tex Hoy replaces Ponga, but he's largely going to be irrelevant for the moment. Matautia replaces Mitch Barnett on the edge, but he has been dirt in the past, so I'm not really interested in him at all. As far as guys that could go well this game, uh, I was saying last week that I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty keen on Mitchell Pearce this week. I think that he's going to have a good game, and I stand by that. I reckon Pearce will go well. I think he'll run the ball more. And uh, $4.50 on Sportsbet for a Sportsbet shout again to try and get some sponsorship money uh, for Pearce to score a try any time. Um, that's pretty good odds for me, but really for me, Billy, it's it's Pearce that's going to go well this week, um, and a watch on David Clemmer's minutes. Uh, they're the main two. And then there's the dirt cheapies like Kurt Mann and Shibasaki, who, if you own, you can you know watch and pray, I guess. Yeah, the big watch for me is um, probably Clemmer. Uh, just watching his minutes, whether he actually stays around that 50 mark or whether he goes back to 60, and also looking at his offloads. Because um, the last few years, he's always just been a meat and potatoes, you know, 30, 35 tackles and 20, 20 points of hit-ups and just scoring 55 to 65 each week with, with absolutely nothing else. Now all of a sudden he's going from 65 minutes back down to sort of 50 minutes and all, and all of a sudden it's offload, 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 offload. So it'd be nice to see if that's something new in his game or, or whether, whether he's just going to go out to 50 minutes and meat and potatoes. So they'll, they'll decide whether he ends up being a buy in, in the next sort of few weeks. And um, yeah, it's a shame Moneyball wasn't, wasn't here this week because um, what I would have been a great player to have in at his price, mate. 
even if it is just for one week before he gets shafted again. Yeah, I mean, Randall will take minutes off him, but probably only like 20. And, you know, it's a big watch still because maybe Watson, you know, moves to the middle and moves to that 13 jumper and he plays extra minutes by doing that. Does, uh, does Sportsbet do um, super coach points? No, they don't. Sorry, no, mate, no, I can't get you, can't give you your money, but we'll fix, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I need cash, mate. Well, speaking of cash, I, I will say I'm pretty surprised at how many people are jumping on Clemmer. He's got a 48 BE. I know he's averaged 71 points the first two weeks, but his minutes have been 48 and 49. Um, that, that type of scoring is really unsustainable for him when he's sub-50. I expect this week for his minutes to be low again, and I don't. I think there's no way he's going to hit 70 points. So I'd be waiting and seeing. You know, he could score 55 points off... 49 minutes, and then that's going to be a real tough 617k for you to spend for this week. So I don't really get it, Billy. I think that there's better keepers that people could be bringing in, like a Madison in the second row, if you're looking at a slightly different forward position. Yeah, mate, um, agree with you 100%. We've already talked about Madison before. You know, um, that, 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 um, yeah, that, that edge base, I, I wouldn't be arguing there at all, mate. Happy to have to support the one. And for the Panthers, uh, we've got obviously Cleary out, which I mentioned. Matt Burton comes in. Kirk Capel's playing his first game for the Panthers, and he's been named to start on the edge, shifting Yao to lock, which is very interesting. Uh, Tedavato shifts to the bench as expected, and Fisher-Harris as expected moves to prop. So, really, I guess the big watch here, mate, a um, couple of things that I can see for this one. I think Jerome Lua is not a fantastic player, but I think for the next couple of weeks without Cleary, he's going to really run the show. I expect a good score from him this week. I'm actually considering playing him as my 17th man. Uh, Coruscant should absolutely go ballistic this week with no Cleary and probably running and making more plays. But the big news is what the hell is going to happen with this rotation with Capewell at um, an edge and, and Yao at lock? What's your thoughts on how that's going to actually work out for each of their minutes? Oh, Christ, I don't know. I've no idea. Um, the only thing you can do is have a look at previous stats and previous rotations to throw it out there. Maybe have a look at what um, James Fisher Harris did last year with his minutes when he went when he went to lock. All of a sudden, that sort of um, went insane. So, I mean, does he do the same thing, or does, does he rotate at all? I, I don't know. I, I can't see a bloke like him rotating back back to edge, or, or does he? I, I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen there. Or, 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 or you can be sure of is you'd like to think that you know Kikar is going to play eighty minutes on on the left hand side. Um, it's not like, not like Capewell's a massive bloke, surely, but he's not going to come in and sort of play sort of 60 minutes. I mean, or does he? And do, do they just bring him to their forwards and power through the middle, um, move, move Yeo out to the edge a bit? If he gets a bit tired there, I've, got, I've honestly got no idea, mate. Yeah, I don't either. And it's why even at a minus 32 BE at 405k as a dual, I'm not going to buy Yeah myself. Um, I'm just going to leave him. Same. It's just it's it's too hard. Like to me, there's that everyone's got that many options this week. I don't think leaving a Yao out at his price point at his BE is going to kill you when you can spend half that and get the same sort of BE and also you know decent points from some of these other options. I mean, different positions, but we've spoken about guys like Drinkwater, for instance. Spoken about a guy that's more than half the cost at Tanel Brown, who's a starting prop now. I just don't see the need to take the risk on Yao if he ends up playing sixty minutes. It's going to be stock standard. He's not going to make a huge amount of cash, and all of a sudden his BE is going to go back into the positive, and it's going to be a bit of an annoying rotation. The Panthers' rotation for their forwards has always been annoying. 
I'm just going to watch it this week and see what happens. Yeah, I agree, mate. Look, I think to answer everyone's question at home, like if you if you're unsure or you're not or you don't know what's going to happen, um, maybe do it. Just instead of looking at your trades individually, have a look at all all five trades that you made that you made collectively. Put a value on it. Just say, look, I think this person, I, I think Yero is going to get take get 60 minutes and maybe score 50 or 55 points. Punch all those in, add it all up, and go. All right, so what does that collectively collectively add up to? Is it 400 points? Okay, great. If I take the yellow out, put a cheapie in, and move somewhere else, what's that? Oh, that's 380 points. Okay, so there, there's your answer. You know, put year back in. Just put, put put a number on it. Put a put a collective value on it and evaluate it mathematically. Yep, upside Coruscant wouldn't normally be captaincy option, but I tell you what, he was carving the first couple of weeks. Scoring 90 points, he could very well continue that. I could see him getting some attack against the Knights. As far as pod options go, he's got the runs on the board the first two rounds. I think that you could... I think he's got a pretty good floor. I don't think you're going to get below 60 from him. So I kind of see him as a bit of a safe pod, shot in the dark, maybe a wheat a ton type of captaincy against the Knights middle. Ooh. Captaincy's a big call. Um, I didn't say that coming, mate. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you. I hope you guys will. I, I just don't want to go there. But I'll tell you what, he's, for the last few years, it, everyone's been calling for him to be a starter. Everyone's been saying, oh, he's going to be a super coach weapon, but he goes to Manly, then gets, you know, sort of uh, hook, uh, hooker splitting duties, then he goes to 5-8 and isn't as strong as his hooker hooking abilities. He just keeps moving around and moving around and finally he gets back to that 80 minutes of water he's been dreaming of and everyone, a lot of people go, oh, I'll spend 800 grand on Cook. It's, it was one of those fifty-fifty calls, you know. Do I or don't I? Is he going to perform? Is he not? And it looks like the fifty-fifty call on Coruscant has come out come out well. So if you don't own, you've got to get in. Captain in. Ooh, I'm not sure, but I think that's one of your big balls calls, mate. In context, I'm saying it as a as a big pod call. If you want a huge pod captain, uh, I think that he's good. I'm not saying that he's a great just going captain happy, but if you want a, a real big pod option that other people aren't looking at, uh, I, I think he could be a difference maker. As Billy said, you have to get him in. Yeah. We haven't we haven't said that, but you've got to get him in. Um, there's there's no way that you can miss out on Coruscant with how he's been playing. Um, I'd be surprised if he didn't at least go 60 plus. I'd be extremely surprised. My big call for this one, Billy. Uh, I reckon it's going to be uh, the halves on show. I think Luai and Pierce are each going to score 65 plus at a minimum, and I reckon that. I've got absolutely no idea what's going to happen in this game as far as who wins or loses. Yeah, yeah, same, mate. Um, uh, Luai consistently um, has like a, a try assist and a linebacker or a linebacker assist for his sort of 45s and 55s. So he's going to have to step up an extra year, but I think just having the goal kicking will sort of do that for him. So I'll, I'll be happy to sort of bank sort of 55, 60 points off him. Final game of the round, Eagles versus Bulldogs for the Seagulls. Got no changes to the 13. Waddell's back on the bench as is Paseka, but all in all, you know, there's not too much super coach impact. Um, the guys that I'm definitely watching, the props for the Manly pack are really interesting to me. Uh, Tapao and Fanuel Blake, neither of them need huge minutes to be relevant. Um, I think they're going to take a couple of weeks to warm into their um, fitness levels, so I'm going to be watching them, but you know, I think against the Bulldogs pack, they're going to have to step up, and I wouldn't be surprised if they both do pretty well this week. Yeah, I agree, mate. Um, 
I'm going to sit and wait on the fence and just watch those guys, watch, watch the Manly guys warm up. I think Fenua Blake's probably the, 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 the big one to sort of get in down the track. His minutes aren't massive, but he is massive. So, you know, he's going to sort of get some attacks sooner or later. Jerbo's the watch for me. I, last year, I wasn't inter- interested in him at all. And this year, I haven't been interested in him at all. But I think with the extra rest and Turbo coming back and Bull, Bulldogs first up, I, I don't like the price. I'm going to give him a week and see what happens, but I really would like to see him start getting that offload, offload away again and just wondering when he's going to turn it around a bit. Surely he couldn't be any worse than what he has been. This is, has to be his absolute flaw. He, surely he starts going back up for the 55, 65, 55 to a 65 sort of average. Yeah, I'm not sure that he will, but we'll see how he goes this week against the Dogs. The, obviously, the other guy to talk about for the Manly side that I'm very excited to watch is, is uh, Tom Trebovic. Now, Tommy's... Uh, 715k, 125BE, so under ordinary circumstances, and even under these circumstances, I understand people not buying him, but very good argument can be made to um, to get him in now as a bit of a pot option, and someone like a Ponga to a Turbo makes some sense to me. Um, playing the Bulldogs, he could very well throw up 120 and hardly lose any cash, um, and if that happens, you've got a pod 120 points, uh, I do think that he's going to carve up the dogs. I think that he's going to go well. After that, it gets a little bit of a harder draw. I was originally, Billy, targeting him for around 12 trading, uh, or even around 11. From around 11, they got the Cows, Penrith, Warriors, uh, Newcastle, Souths, and then they finished the season really strongly. The last four games of Tigers, Dogs, Titans, and Warriors, which you have to have him for that final month. So uh, Pappenhausen to Turbo, around 11-ish, 12-ish, made sense to me. But... I completely understand a few people's smart tactics of getting him in this week. Now that they've got the trades and they could trade someone out like Ponga, I couldn't begrudge anyone for going for those points early. Yeah, yeah, I know, mate. Um, I know a couple of people going, him and Teddy this week, just going all out and hoping for a couple of, sort of big tongues. Um, not, not a silly move. I mean, might, might pay off, might not, but uh, chasing points is the, is the nature of the game, mate. Not, not, not making, no, just cash and no points. So there's a reason for doing it. Not sure if taking one of them might be better than the other, but uh, the big balls move might be taking both. But yeah, plenty of options at fullback at the moment, mate. On the bulldog side of things, um, Kieran Foran remains sidelined. Cogger replaces Wakeham in the halves, um, and if you know anyone that did start with Wakeham and he was goal kicking the first week, you thought maybe he'd be good. He's not going to be. Joe Stimson's out for the season, replaced in the back row by Dean Britt, but Britt's 400k, so can't look at him. Uh, not really a hell of a lot that's interesting on the Bulldogs side of things, Billy. Uh, I'm I'm not even watching any of these guys as a potential trade-in. I'm sorry for Bulldog supporters, but Will Hopperardi's probably the, the best guy to look at, and he really needs to be fullback to be hugely relevant. There isn't really even any cheapies here, aside from a few traps. So uh, it's not great viewing for the Dogs, and I'm not really looking at anyone this week from them. No, I think we're going to skip right past them. <laughs> Sad news for Doggies fans. Um, as far as captaincies, like if I'm if I'm going to say Coruscant in the game before was a, a big balls pod to jump for some quick points, and Toby Turbo against the Dogs last game of the round surely is is going to be a captaincy shout. Not one that I would have the balls to go through on for the first week back, but it's certainly an option. Uh, I reckon the Seagulls are going to win twenty six to ten, and the Dogs' lack of try scoring is going to continue. Agree with that, mate. I'm not putting a score. I just think Manly, Manly put at least twelve on them. 
All right, so let's quickly go through the mailbags. So we got a lot of great questions in, guys. Um, so many that we're going to spend a little bit less time on each of them just so we can answer as many as possible. But uh, I think we got to most of them. Some of them we didn't, and I've answered guys directly. Always fun. We'll do some more mailbags in the future, though, so you get more of a chance to ask questions on. But Mr. Smith is a, is a huge fan of the podcast, listens and talks to us all the time. And he said, hey, guys, love the pod with Catfish last week. Thoughts on zagging onto either Sean Johnson or Sherry. Sherry's gone. Or Teddy Turbo via Jules instead of getting the likes of Stags, Yeah, Sauce, Drinkwater, and Keeping Puppy for me, Billy. Um, he's, he's already got Lolo and Masters and Hampton. So I think that he can definitely afford to get in a Sean Johnson or a Teddy Turbo combo. I reckon SJ and Drinkwater is a, is a really good option if you can swing both of those instead of getting the Sherry option in. Likewise, uh, Teddy Turbo, I think it's a pretty decent option, although I'd probably rather hedge and just get one of them and, and get you know an SJ Teddy or an SJ Turbo, something like that. I, I like those options because I'm not huge on Stags, I'm not huge on Yao, and I wouldn't be looking at Source at all. So Yeah, Source got me no interest in at all. Like He had zero... He had uh, one try all last year and zero try assists all last year, and he's had two try assists in the first two games. He's, his base last year was 31 for the year. It's 39 this year, so he's only had an extra few points to hit up, so I don't reckon he changed much at all, so forget him. Yeah, not that keen on stags I love, if you can get in, but I really do like the idea of um, um, what you just said there around sort of Teddy Turbo combo at the back and maybe sort of going cheaper in the halves and doing drink water versus... Um, versus the Titans, I reckon there's three really sort of great sort of scoring opportunities there, mate. Yep. I reckon that would be a, a really sort of pod, pod way to go. Yep. Love the thinking, Mr. Smith. Go with it, mate. Zag into those ones. Um, I think I'd probably lean towards SJ Teddy or SJ Turbo with that combo, but any of those combos, like Billy said as well, work. Don't worry about the other ones. Go for it, mate. Uh, what a tackle by Sattler on Twitter has asked us, is Wanger Blake worth a pod hold for this week? Look, non-existent for a couple of rounds, um, and he's running at Darius this week. What's our thoughts? Mate, I've given plenty of people feedback where I've said, if you don't have to trade Wunga Blake, um, I think out of the guys that you've got to trade out, he's one guy that you could just keep for an extra week. He doesn't have a massive BE. He's not going to drop a huge amount of cash, and he's not a priority trade-out, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with, with Sats here. If you need to hold Wanger Blake because you've got other priorities to trade out, uh, I think he's a better guy to hold than some of the other guys. Normally, I'd just say get rid of him. Um, but uh, like we said before with Madison, um, he's going to be running at uh, Boyd, Milford, Hopalato, that that hole there off, off Moses and Madison. So I'd just give it another week. Agree. Bing has asked us on Twitter, is Jai Arrow worth holding? Um, I think it really depends on what Bing's oh, team yeah. is. Yeah, you just hold him just for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to step in right here, mate, straight away. I think I think these comments have been bandied around by a number of other sort of people on threads. But um, uh, game one, he had the flu and he still scored 50-odd. Um, game two, he was in, he scored 40 points in... He was on 40 or 42 points in the first half and then got moved to the edge for some reason. So ended up on 60-something. 60, 60 so if he's going to play 80 minutes in the middle and has had, and had a few weeks off and has, has, has fully recovered, I wouldn't be getting rid of him at all, mate. I know that he's in a rubbish team, but I reckon he goes back to big, big minutes and he just stays in the middle. Good call. Uh, Corey Prim has asked us, uh, pod captain choices I think we've gone through on the podcast. Um, so he already knows those ones. But who's a trade not to bring in? So to go against the grain of the popular trades, he's, he's gone against the Stags trade. 
I'm massive on against the Stags trade. Getting Masters in instead of Stags is what I've done. So I reckon that that's a prime trade to do. I think that he's nailed it there with going against the Stags trade for me. Uh, I'm going to go against the grain with Yeo. Yeah, I think Yeo's a good call too. I'd go against both of those. I already have. So those are the couple, Corey. But I think that you've nailed it with the Stags trade provided that you get the, the right guy in to, to replace those points. Timothy Marks asks us, do you think 12 will be a keeper? Uh, he's actually gone for a triple question. Do you think 12 will be a keeper? Will we all keep goal kicking? And is Arrow still a gun? We've already said Arrow is still a gun, so I won't let Billy have more of a love fest on Arrow. Um, 12, I can't answer at this point, Billy. If he keeps playing the minutes, he's going to be a keeper, but if he doesn't, he's not going to be. Yeah, we talked about him before. We don't need to cover him again. I think that depends on that minutes rotation and whether he ends up staying 60-plus minutes as a tackle bot. And do you reckon Val goal kicks with Clifford in? I, I think that he probably will. Uh, yeah, someone's already mentioned that. So Pete Markham's asked us white or drink white and drink water. Um, would you run with more than four from one team now that there's no interruptions with buys and origin? I, I think I'd go white and drink water a hundred times out of a hundred. I wouldn't be able to wait to make that trade happen myself, and I'm not too worried about having too many players from one side at the moment because of the no origin and, and buys and stuff. I think it's fine and uninterrupted. Yeah, I never thought I'd say this, but I've got five cows, mate, and I'm playing them all this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> run the bull, run the bulls with me. Yeah, and why to drink water? You're a fan of that trade? Yeah, mate, hell yeah. Stan Wilcox has asked an um, interesting question. Will Luai kick goals? I never actually really thought of it until that question was asked by Stan. Uh, and he may very well kick goals. I'm not sure who's going to kick goals for the Penrith Panthers, um, but if he kicks goals, then that's going to someone's be huge. Already, yeah, someone's already said. Yeah, someone's already said yeah, and um, there's been a couple of podcasts who've confirmed it as well. I'm not sure where they, where they know it from, but yeah, they've all mentioned he's kicking goals, so I'm playing him this week. Massive news. Is Ponga a trade-out, given he's very tough draw in his return, was the other part of Stan's question. Uh, I think you'd go either way, Billy, but I know that you're trading him out. I, I don't think you could begrudge anyone for tra- for trading or, or holding at this point. Yeah, I'm getting rid of him. I just don't want to have that sort of coin on the bench and see his difficult return. Yeah, Stan, it really depends on your team, mate. Um, you can trade him out if you need to. If you don't need to, then hold him. Darren Pierce has asked us, getting in drink water, would you trade out Walters, Williams, or Ponga for him, and why? I would trade out... Well, out of those guys, I would trade out um, Williams for him because, for me, Williams is playing Melbourne and his BE is not in the negative. Um, and I think that's an easy middle ground trade out. For you, Billy, would it be Walters, George Williams, or Ponga out? Oh, I'd go Ponga, but that's just me. So, guys, unfortunately, Billy's got to run. He's not going to be able to finish off the mailbag. But uh, I'm going to stay on a little bit longer and finish off the rest of the questions. All right, Billy. Well, that's the pod for round three. Thanks for jumping on again, mate. Great to have you. Best of luck this week. Hopefully you get your, your VC and captaincy right, big fella, and you launch into the top 100 somehow. Cheers, mate. Keen as. We'll chat again soon, eh? Good luck, everyone. All right. Cheers, mate. So we're going to have some extra extended time on the podcast now, guys, because we've got so many questions in. Um, I'm going to answer a few more. Billy... Unfortunately, couldn't stick around to give his input on the last few questions, but I'll quickly get through those now. So, uh, Nick Crawford, would you keep BJ on the line with the basis he plays uh, Titans round four and then trade? I think we answered that one already. I don't think me or Billy wanted to keep him, so oh, I think that you just need to get rid of him now. There's no point waiting for that Titans game. He may not score very well then anyway, and he really hasn't looked too good. So I'd get rid of him, 465k, get him out of there, get someone better in. Adam Sargent, uh, David Fafita, I'm going with hold, hopefully back by round six. Use my trades elsewhere. Good idea or offload someone who's playing and making dollars. I think it's a, 
I don't want to have a go at your idea here, Adam, but I think it's a terrible idea to hold for Fita. They said that they might not even get him back until round eight. I was big on holding him when it might have only been one week or two weeks, which was the early prognosis rumours. Uh, now that it's going to be extended, I don't think there's any way um, that you can hold him. I think that you definitely have to get rid of him. You're talking about being a third of the way through the season before you can actually start using him. And that Broncos pack is packed. It wouldn't surprise me if for a couple of weeks he ends up playing 60 minutes, um, coming back from that injury, and then all of a sudden it's sort of round 11 or 12 before you actually get any value out of it. Can't hold a 500k guy that long for that. Get rid of him. Get the points and um, the money now from someone else. Daniel Jennings asks us, would you be tempted to sell Cleary if you already have Moses? Uh, I definitely would be tempted to sell Cleary if I already had Moses still. SJ is a prime candidate to get in. I'd be doing that trade 100 times out of 100. Uh, and drink water is also another option if you've got jewels that you could make that work as well and you don't have drink water. Lyle Cato has asked us, uh, Jamil Hopalati, Gula, or Tanua Brown as a cow? For me, it's Tanua Brown, uh, 50k less than Gula, named a start now as well. He's going to make cash for longer, should make more long-term cash in a month's time. And him and Hopper are obviously both starting and are both low BEs and low price points, but I think Tanua Brown's got a better PPM by a long way, so I'd be going for him. Uh, Van Smith, a uh, long-time listener of the podcast. Thanks very much, mate. Um, he's asked, do we take Yao this week, then bring in Madison next week so I can get Yao price rise? Or just bring in Mato now as a keeper? Also, there's no really standout secondary forward guns to target at the moment, aside from Lolo and Mato. Any other keepers you know of at the moment? So Vance, really, I'd be getting Madison in now, and I'd be bypassing Yao. Billy was big on bypassing Yao as well, uh, and we spoke about that earlier, going through these questions in preparation. We both agreed we're going to sell Yao. Uh, get rid of Yao, I should say, um, and get Madison in. Madison's a great buy this week. I'd be getting him in and locking and loading as a keeper. Like you said, he's one of two definitive top-range keepers in the elite level with with Lolo. Um, so those are the two guys that you want. Getting those two out of three starting spots locked in now is great. As far as other keepers in the second-row forward spots, um, like Billy mentioned, uh, Arrow could definitely be one. He's a huge option. Arrow wouldn't be surprising to be um, a, a keeper. He's probably one that you want to watch for a little bit longer. Uh, then it's really a watch and see. You know, there is some up-and-comers who might end up being keepers. Um, you know, maybe even like a, a Luciano Lua ends up continuing on the form and becomes a keeper. Maybe an Angus Crichton ends up keeping his starting job and, and becomes a keeper again. There's some guys that might come back and become keepers again. Um, Gerbo, Billy was talking about earlier as well. At the moment, I don't think we know, though. So because of that, I think that you've got to lock in your Madison and uh, Lolo trades and just wait and watch for the next few weeks to see which second rowers kind of uh, rise to the occasion. Kieran Rotarengi, would you be tempted to trade in homes considering the Cowboys' draw? How well he started? Bonus would be if he's also goal-kicking. Looks like he will be goal-kicking, Kieran. Uh, me and Billy chatted about homes in the podcast as well. Uh, I think it's a fine trade-in to do. I understand why people are doing it. I'm not myself. Billy is. Um, I don't think he can go wrong if you're going to have a crack at it, though. He's going to get bulk points this week. So certainly good for the short term. And then you can use him as a platform to one of the other guys to catch a Teddy or Turbo run later on. Jamie Dunlop, another great listener of the podcast. What do you think about Benji with the goal-kicking? Uh, I think it's a solid option, mate. Um, pretty good if you started with him because he started the season quite well. I don't think that I would be getting him in, though. There's no way I'd trade him in when there's the likes of, you know, a, a Sean Johnson option or a drink water option, both, I think, are superior for slightly different reasons. So, yeah, Benji, if you started with him for a bit of a zag on everyone else, I think you did well. 
I wouldn't be trading him in, though. Uh, Robert Pauly, another long-time listener of the podcast. Can't trade them all out. Who should I keep? Fergo, Simonson, Knight, Williams, Musgrove has to keep two. I think this is a no-brainer, mate. Um, I'd be keeping Fergo and Knight out of those two. Fergo could very well still become a gun for the rest of the season. Uh, Knight hasn't scored too badly, as Billy pointed out. Um, his scores have been okay. It's just been the minutes. Whereas Williams uh, has been mud, and Musgrove and Simonson are both looking like they're going to be bench players sooner rather than later. So I think that they're all easy trade-outs to make. You know, Fergo and Knight are the two that are giving you the best points. They're the two that have got their solidified starting roles. Um, so they're the two that you can actually play in your 17 at the moment. You can't play any of those other guys. It's a pretty easy one for me. And Scott Gilshanen has asked, uh, after the last dance, what team would you want to film behind the scenes for the COVID year? Great question. Last dance was fantastic. Couldn't couldn't get enough of it. Um, big NBA fan, as a lot of you guys know. Uh, I, I thought it was phenomenal. It really got through the COVID times with no sport. Good timing. Um, as far as who I'd go for, though, as teams was, um, I don't know if we've got any type of dynasty at the moment that you could look at. I mean, a lot of people will say that it's, it's going to be hugely biased for me to say the Roosters, but I mean, the Roosters are going for a three-peat, the same as what the Bulls were in, in that year. Um, they've got a different team that they've had to retool with as well, um, losing Cooper Cronk. I guess you could have some parallels to, you know, retooling after losing someone like Horace Grant a bit earlier. So, yeah, I'd say the Roosters just because of the three-peat parallels. Um, you've got one of the top coaches in, in Robbo and the reigning MVP in uh, Tedesco, albeit a different point of the season than what MJ was. So I think that'll be interesting. Other than that, I actually think that the whole... If you're looking at just the COVID times, I actually think that the whole league would be really interesting at this point because of the different times just to sort of do a, a look at the COVID year and a behind-the-scenes on it. If we were look, to look at not this year and to do a last dance in rugby league terms, um, certainly uh, Joey Johns uh, would be a standout. Um, there's obviously going to be some calls for maybe one of the Queensland potential immortal guys like Cam Smith being his last year this year. Maybe you do it for this year. It's a bit of a tough one. I don't see any real standouts. I'm just going to stick with the Roosters parallel going for the three-peat, mate. And that's going to do it on the questions. Um, thanks for sticking around, guys. Thanks for listening. You can download us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Certainly subscribe on iTunes so you can get the episodes quicker. You can also follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Good luck this week. Uh, we wanted to give you a long podcast to answer everyone's questions, and it's been a bit of time now that the footy's resumed. We'll try and shorten them up in the future weeks, So, Thanks for jumping on. Sorry that Billy had to jump off and not be able to handle all the questions, but hopefully we gave everyone some answers. And thanks for tuning in once again. We'll see you again next week.